Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, it's showtime. Uh, just about ready to begin here. This broadcast on health, freedom, and healing liberty. With uh, obviously a very serious opening. Another disastrous uh, shooting of, of innocent children. And a couple of uh, administrators or teachers as well. In uh, Uvalde, Texas, I believe it is. Um, Obviously, what's going on in the mainstream uh, legacy media in response to it is predictable. Uh, I will do my best to relate to you why I have a perspective that's different from much of the mainstream media, which, you know, if you're longtime listeners, you'll understand that. Also, second hour, we've got Ty Bollinger coming back on board, uh, going outside the box. We've got a number of uh, discussions related to the monkeypox scare or scam, depending on your perspective there, and how COVID became the most manipulated disease event in history in history we'll talk some cancer discussions keto diet for ms patients and uh also in hour one as we do sometimes feature candidates for elected office out of iowa we know we got a lot of friends in health freedom iowa uh and they've referenced and recommended uh jim carlin to us and so we're going to see where jim carlin's at he's running for senate against chuck grassley a, a longtime senator out of iowa and uh, we'll hear from him today as well. So stick around, share the show with your friends, robertscottbell.com slash listen. And there's a great chat room there. If you haven't been there, it's a great community. Come on, join us. Tell everybody about the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty, the Robert Scott Bell Show, as we begin right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Uh, no way to start off uh, peppy and bumpy and hop, happy and hoppy uh, when you have to cover a story like what happened, uh, I believe, yesterday uh, at the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, uh, where you have an 18-year-old, an 18-year-old uh, shooting, uh, apparently, and killing 18 students, one teacher, two police officers wounded. And I always come back because we've, you know, I've been on the air. This is my 23rd year broadcasting. So we've covered a great number of these mass shootings or school shootings. And up until this point, we don't know. I don't have details about the, a lot more about the shooter unless Super Don finds something on the web that's breaking. Uh, in every case, just about there's evidence of psychiatric drugging of the shooter. I don't have definitive evidence of that today, but I will just say to acknowledge the patterns that have emerged. In other words, for an 18 year old or, or somebody of any age to go into a school and shoot up innocent children, much less, you know, teachers and others that are there, how much you have to disconnect someone like that from any humanity, right? What, what would cause somebody to take 
well, any tool or instrument that can be used for, for injury or death. And a gun is just an instrument or a tool, uh, and to utilize it to, to, uh, to eradicate life of, of innocence, like outside of actual, uh, war theaters, right? Where you're in an actual war zone. Now, life on planet earth is, is the history of planet earth and the people on it. It's been filled with war and violence and death and destruction. Although that isn't our focus of this show, just an acknowledgement that that's part of our reality and in the history and our contemporary reality. As you look at Ukraine, Russia, and other areas around the world. But when we see an event like this, it so disturbs us as it should any sense of, yeah, you get that there's violence on the planet and there's warfare, but to go into a school of defenseless children and start shooting them. Do you not ask the question of who would do this? How could they do this? Why could they do? Why would they do this? And this is, you know, outside of now the realm of any parent as I'm a parent, as super Don is a parent, even conceiving of having your child at a school and this happens and you lose your child. I mean, there's just no way to say anything except that the only time can heal. And even that to lose a child, you're never fully healed from that experience. So as I asked the question of what could take an 18 year old, basically kid borderline adult at 18 to take a firearm and unload on these children or any children, I, I do come back to the psychiatric drugging question simply because we know from the history of these shootings. And we also know from Dr. Peter Bregan, who wrote, uh, who has written prolifically on this subject matter of SSRI drugs and psychiatric drugs for kids, ADHD drugs, Ritalin type drugs, all of these things. They have a penchant for distorting reality. And that's an understatement. I've talked about the effect of those drugs on the governor, on your behavior, right? We have all admittedly had at some time in our life, angry thoughts, even thoughts of hurting somebody or killing somebody. And I, and I just say this from humanity's experience of like, uh, you know, whether it's a mild thing like being cut off in traffic, you're like, all right, but or a real severe wrong that you felt has been done to you and you want to take up, you know, you want justice. Right. And there's a, a, a humanity to the emotion of wanting justice in this situation or any situation. But here's the difference with those psychiatric drugs, those normal human emotions and thoughts that would be fleeting that you'd go, of course, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to actually uh, do violence. But in the in the presence of the psychiatric medications throughout the history of them, we know that they remove that limiting factor, that governor on your behavior that says, yeah, you can have a thought of homicide or suicide and not act on it, which is like a normal part of at some point in, in life. You think about those things. But with those drugs present, suddenly the governor on that behavior is is, is off. Now, we may find things about the shooter. I don't know. Strange things about uh, exposures or you'll hear things like. Maybe he was bullied and it's possible he was bullied, but why would a bully then take out innocent children who had nothing to do with the bullying? Some would say, well, it's transference. I mean, we get into all kinds of psychiatric explanations for these things, but I really would love it if, and it, you know, it's a strange word to use love here, but if the media would do its job and begin to question the medical history of this 18 year old. Because you're you, the only explanation, I, and I, you know, we we all try to reach for some kind of rational explanation in an almost irrational event or an irrational event like this to our perception. 
And my bias would be to immediately go to check out his psychiatric drug history, if any, because we know what happens in those circumstances. And yet, this is the thing that the mainstream legacy media is loath to discuss or touch on. I mean, they might even reference occasionally that he was under care, but they'll never mention any medications or drugs that he was on approved by FDA and psychiatrically uh, prescribed, for instance. Instead, what we do is we get calls by mainstream media to ban the instrument, if you will, or the tool that was used for the death and destruction and murder. The gun, for instance, the firearms. And I'm here now talking as a, a parent. If I'm sending my, my kids to a school, I want to know that that school has heavily armed officers or trained people to protect the innocents, the defenseless in that or those schools. And indeed, in the schools that my kids have gone to, particularly in the last number of years, now my son's graduated uh, four years now ago, but my, my daughter's in 11th grade, they just had a graduation ceremony at their high school. Uh, we are well aware that they are armed, armed protection, if you will, that exists there. Because if we go with the knee-jerk, if we, if we will, left-wing at this point, a uh, collectivist idea that if we just gave up our guns, we would all be protected and there would be no other mass shootings of any kind. It is quite the opposite. When you leave defenseless people overtly defenseless and those who would perpetrate crimes like these know that there is no defense, there is no opposition to their ability to come in with whatever weapon, including firearms, because we know also, and I think critical thinking skills are lacking among those calling for a ban of guns or more gun control here. Because if you eliminate the ability for law-abiding folks that follow the Constitution, that understand the Constitution doesn't even grant them the right to keep and bear arms, but protects that right that is given to them by birth, by God, as a right that you're born with of defense, the right to self-defense, and it cannot be abridged or infringed, you would say, hmm, okay, if we say that those good people who are not violating anybody's right to life, liberty, or property with the firearms they own, if we take those away from them, who's left? What's left? Can you argue that those who would perpetrate criminal acts that don't value life would also disregard a prohibition on the acquisition, ownership, or use of firearms? I mean, is that so difficult to understand if you're an adult, whether you're uh, leaning far to the left, or do you have an agenda that you never let a horrible tragedy or crisis go to waste like this and you say hey this is the excuse like what happened in new zealand in australia and other areas of the world where there has been a massacre that impacted the lives of many children and then that got the people of australia new zealand in particular to say okay we're done we give up our guns because it's clearly the guns are the danger here and now we've seen in both new zealand and australia the unbridled ability to use force and violence in the monopoly that is held by government and or criminals at that point to run roughshod over what rights you think you have, including the right to not be assaulted or raped by pharmaceutical instruments, in this case, injections of an experimental, particularly mRNA variety. So we may be talking more about this with Ty Bollinger next hour as well. Again, a, a terrible tragedy. I, I'm heading to Texas uh, this Friday for the 
Advanced Medicine Conference with my good buddy, Dr. Rashid Batar, and many other great physicians that are willing to speak out on uh, scamdemics and plandemics and, and empowering you with the right of what? Self-defense against medical tyranny. And what about the defense of the innocents like children like this? I'm not saying that every gun uh, gun used in the perpetration of a crime would be prevented from happening if we were all well armed. But I'm saying that it would be likely that if he got off, whoever this 18 year old is, a few shots, he would have been met with overwhelming firepower and taken down before many of these people would have died. And I don't know that it's, if that's offensive for me to say it, but I'm telling you, if somebody's coming in with a gun and you don't have an equivalent force to defend life, then you are a victim at that point. And then we have to mourn you and mourn more children. And I don't want to see that happen ever again. So I hope that common sense prevails here in this tragedy that we begin to see. And I don't think Texans will give up their rights to keep and bear arms. Remember, not comes from government, comes from God, your right of self-defense in the midst of a horrible tragedy that no one can diminish. And with that, let's talk to someone running for office in Iowa. He's running to become a senator to replace the longtime, lifelong, apparently, career politician at this point, Chuck Grassley. I can't believe that guy's running again. He's been in since the 70s. This man's name, Jim Carlin. And we're connected here today to learn about what he perceives and believes about not only this issue, obviously it's a big issue. I'm sure he'll want to speak on it, but many other issues facing Iowans and, you know, in general, what is his perspective on the rights of Americans in the realm of what we've seen in the last couple of years with what I call medical tyranny, you know, these public health agencies and people running roughshod over our rights to simply be unmolested in what we would say. We want to care for ourselves and our health in a different way because we believe the risk is greater for what you're promoting. So with that, let's welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Senate candidate out of Iowa going up against Chuck Grassley. It's Jim Carlin. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks for having me, Robert. I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's a, you know, any interview you do today is probably going to come up this topic that we had to open with. So if mm -hmm. you would speak, I know you're running in Iowa specifically. We do have a lot of fans and a lot of listeners in Iowa. I love the people of Iowa and they have a lot of health freedom champions there that we've had on this show. Uh, this particular topic or issue how would you express it? You know, obviously I'm looking more in humanity and human terms about right. your perception perspective of, I don't know what you could do as a Senator, but just as a, mm -hmm. as a, probably a dad and a, and a man here, uh, how do you describe or how do you respond to this? Well, I think, you know, obviously this is a, it's an enormous tragedy to, to see that loss of life. Um, it, you know, what, what can you say? Uh, you know, it's beyond words, the suffering that the parents and the families of those people who lost their lives are going to have to deal with over, over the months and years ahead uh, with the enormity of it, the, the impact it's going to have on their lives. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thing that you also have to weigh in, and you alluded to this, is how do we address this in, in a way that will actually proactively do something good and move us in a better di better direction and uh i think like you i i don't believe the answer is some piece of gun control legislation i think that to give up our right of self-defense because a tragedy has occurred and tragedies do occur mm -hmm. on this planet this is part of life on planet earth unfortunately or for whatever reason south's design 
But I am not, as a, and I speak as a parent now, willing to give up my right to self-defense or the right of a school that I send my kids to, to say, you know what, we are going to let everybody know that we are prepared to beat back any kind of incursion. Now, thankfully, they don't happen often, but even once we'd say is too many times, but it's impossible in life to prevent everything from occurring that we would not want to see occur. Uh, so how do we deter it? And I would say to some degree, having a, a, you know, a, a perpetrator know that if they're entering an environment that they're likely to lose before they begin, much less if they initially begin. Right. Uh, so I don't want to belabor and talk about that for the entire time. I'm, I'm fascinated right. by your journey uh, running yeah. for the Senate to replace Chuck Grassley. And there, might, there must be reasons that you're like, Chuck Grassley is just not worthy of being a senator for Iowa, that mm -hmm. you would say, I'm going to run because I think I'm better at what I would do for the, for the state of Iowa and perhaps the people as well. Well, Robert, you may not know this, but first, I would like to comment on, uh, on, on the Texas tragedy on, in light of a piece of legislation that, that I worked on uh, as, as an Iowa senator. Um, I fought uh, and drafted a piece of legislation that required uh, active shooter training in every public and private school in the state. Um, <clears throat> and I was told I didn't have the votes to get it through the education committee, but my friend Amy Sinclair uh, agreed to do it anyway. And the day we, we brought that bill to the committee was the day of the Parkland, Florida shooting. Um, so uh, needless to say, uh, that bill got through the education committee and it's now the law of the state in Iowa. So, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is these people, these active shooters tend to um, tend to study up on the targets. Uh, this, this murderer picked an elementary school. Um, if you were to do that in Iowa, uh, the superintendent would probably be able to shut you down into a room in a matter of seconds with his phone. And many of our schools and law enforcement is well prepared as are the teachers and staff of our Iowa schools. So um, the vulnerability has to be addressed. And as, and as you said, uh, the mental health component, mm -hmm. how do these kids receive the image of a murderer to where it becomes an identity that they eventually act on? I, I don't think it's the guns. I think it's the image that we're cultivating in the hearts and minds of, of young people who go this way. Right. And I'll, and I'll say this, uh, Jim, I mean, I'm for uh, fully armed teachers. And I know some people freak out about that because they're so afraid of guns. But if you've shown qualification to be able to protect, defend life with, you know, a firearm, and that's the thing, it's ideally used to prevent tragedies, not to engage in perpetrating them for the millions and millions of people that understand that here in the United States where this show originates. Uh, guns are used to prevent more crimes than they are engaged yeah. in, in conducting. And I think that's something that, sure. again, I know in the emotionality of a hot topic like this, a lot of people can't right. hear critical thinking. And I, and I see that right. you engage in critical thinking. I'm grateful for that. I do. And, and as we right. look you know, forward to, uh, let's say, analyzing what you would do should you become elected a senator from the state of Iowa, I was thinking mm -hmm. about, since we're on the subject of, of federal, if you will, gun control, uh, if mm -hmm. we take to heart and to mind the words of the second amendment, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Mm -hmm. um, That's right. The reality is the States have the right duty and obligation as well as the people to nullify federal restrictions on something that is a right to be protected by government, not to be eliminated or reduced so that through the 10th amendment, at least the idea is to not 
let's say, engage in the activities that violate the Constitution on a federal level, on the state level, to say we will mm-hmm. not engage in enforcing federal gun control laws that are not based in sound constitutional uh, practice or principle. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and the the you know the tragedy of this is often tragedy is often used as an excuse to take away constitutional rights and and go in that direction. Um, you know, you don't want to give up your freedom for a little bit of security. And, you know, the reality is these shootings take 200 to 400 lives annually. Um, you know, is that worth every person in the United States that wants to exercise mm-hmm. their Second Amendment? It's not that the lives aren't worth it, but contextually, we have the Second Amendment as a boundary that says in this country we're going to be defined as individuals Mm -hmm. and the concern i have is that the eroding boundaries that define us as individuals you know uh, the vaccination mandate we're going to talk about today Mm -hmm. my boundary as an individual where you're not going to give me informed consent or my boundary on the second amendment right i have a right to defend myself i have a right to stand up for my boundaries as a free citizen yeah. You know, this other thing about um, u- utilization of weapons, you know, my friend Kevin just brings up there was a horrible event, uh, the Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, with, with a car, a guy used a car to run over people and and nobody called for, you know, removing cars from everyone. Although, you know, I think the World Economic Forum would like us not to have any any ability to, to, to travel or care for ourselves at all and own nothing and like it, as we've heard so many times. That's another issue. But if we look at the medical side of things that you mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. informed consent and mandatory experimental injections, you mentioned right. 200 to 400, you know, people dying tragically. I mean, I, every life's valuable mm-hmm. to me. And every yeah. life is, yeah. But think about this, and this is from the New England Journal of Medicine and the, and, the, and the Journal of the American Medical Association and the Lancet. These are all prestigious medical journals, particularly the JAMA Journal in 2000, published a report by Barbara Starfield uh, out of Johns Hopkins that modern medicine and all that it does with the FDA-approved drugs is the third leading cause of death annually in the United States of America. Now, we're talking hundreds of thousands of deaths, not just 200 right. to 400. Why isn't sure. there drug control, right? Think about that. Right. What is, if you really cared about children, because they're also in the statistics, right? Psychiatric drugs, et cetera. Uh, then there is a, a either mass level cognitive dissonance or massive hypocrisy. When you say you care for the lives and you don't want to see lives lost. So you say, let's ban the instrument of their death. Well, it looks mm-hmm. like hundreds of thousands are dying from drugs approved by our federal government every year. I, I don't think that's hyperbole. I, I think that's reality. Uh, I I practice medical malpractice, and the standards that I that I know in what I do and for just the doctrine of informed consent says that you know if if I'm to take this course, you have to tell me and disclose to me the attendant risks associated with with this course. Um, we're not there with mandated vaccinations where we know people are dying. I, I've lost two people. They weren't close friends, but they were friends and they were healthy and they died of blood clots shortly mm-hmm. after one vaccination and, and in another instance after a booster. And, um, you know, the other thing is just this notion 
that healthcare in the hospitals where we saw loved ones uh, and friends being treated for COVID where, you know, the families had little or no voice in the course of treatment for their loved ones and, and many of them tragically died. Um, this while knowing that there were some alternate treatment modalities that worked. I, I benefited from, from two of them. So um, when, when healthcare reaches the point where you can't make your own healthcare decisions for yourself mm -hmm. or loved ones, when healthcare reaches the point where we don't have to disclose risks before mandating a vaccination, mm -hmm. that's just com complete and utter irreverence for the fundamental right to self-determination. And now, now it's gone this far. Yeah. A lot of people, Jim, are now talking about the Nuremberg code. Maybe they heard about it in history, you know, post-World War II when doctors and, and, and others, uh, underlings in the, in the armed forces or police, uh, conducted atro atrocious or atrocities. Right. And they said as an excuse, as their, uh, defense that they were just following orders. And yet, mm -hmm. under the Nuremberg Code, they said that was not a legitimate excuse. And some some folks were even put to death over mm -hmm. this issue. And yet we're seeing now not only doctors, but uh, many, many in the political realm in the in, in our government uh, agencies realm uh, in the media cheerleading for mandatory injections of experimental medicaments, barely barely medicaments, gene therapy, some would call them uh, and, and cheerleading for not Incredible. providing you know, informed consent. It's like, it is to me is a world gone mad when you suddenly go, it's not the right of the individual to say no to something that could possibly injure or kill them, have unknown right. risks. And even if it's approved, if there's a risk, there has to be a choice. Where there's risk, there has to be choice. That, and that is, that should be an absolute. And we know there's risk. And when, when we have, you know, I, I, I think you know the girls or the, the girls, the ladies from Informed Choice of Iowa, Lindsay yes. Mayer and, and Bree Johnson, and they've done a fabulous job getting out information on uh, uh, risks associated with vaccinations, even before COVID came up. And uh, as a legislator, they provided a lot of good content. Um, you know, here's a good question that people should ask themselves. If the CDC admits that antibodies actually work better than the vaccination. Why would you mandate vaccinations on the other side of somebody who has the antibodies? You're talking natural immunity now. Yeah, natural. Yeah. Why would you make them be vaccinated when you know their natural immunity works better? So, you know, I mean, you really have to question the motivation of somebody who won't acknowledge a basic tenet yeah. of immunology. Yeah, like, very good, Jim. What yeah. what of the uh, physicians who did come out at great risk? Apparently, they didn't know it was so well, risky to speak out about the use of very old drugs, generic drugs, antiparasitic drugs like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, mm -hmm. with other even dietary supplement mm -hmm. combinations, and having claimed hundred percent success rates, not just one mm -hmm. or two, but dozens of these doctors, and they were derided, they were deplatformed and censored. They were called kooks and nuts and quacks. I mean, I'm used to having that language thrown at me because I'm a homeopath and we've lost the history of natural medicine in America. Not many people realize how entrenched natural medicine is in our history. They think that, right. you know, America started when modern medicine started. It's like really amazing how if you erase history and rewrite it, the people have no earthly idea how we got here. Uh, and then we end up re repeating unnecessarily disasters in history. Like I think we're seeing now with the informed consent mm -hmm. issue. Uh, but to your point, 
um, mm -hmm. natural immunity. It's like even among the medical community that is in favor of vaccines, maybe avidly pro-vaccine on everything without question, uh, they still recognize the superiority of naturally acquired mm -hmm. immunity. And suddenly in the last right. two years, that no longer existed from the WHO to the CDC and FDA and Fauci and on down. Mm -hmm. What happened? Who was who was writing those orders down to say, yep, I know, you know, you're an MD or PhD about natural immunity, but imagine mm -hmm. that that doesn't exist anymore and tell everybody. Right. You know, what really concerns me about this is, um, you know, when Obamacare came along, we, you know, we had mandated health insurance and Blue Cross Blue Shield made an awful lot of money on Obamacare when they mandated coverage for pre-existing conditions that wiped out all the smaller market participation. And what do we have now, uh, Robert? I think we have three, three, three left. And they doubled and tripled our premiums. And the quality of our healthcare has gone way down. And we know that on the other side of COVID, government managed healthcare did not do a good job. Well, it was almost like the politicians kind of sold us out. like. Obama said it was about affordable health care. Mm -hmm. I think it was about creating a monopoly that was going to work with politicians on health care. And, you know, part of me has to wonder, are we doing the same thing with vaccinations? If we if we know people don't need the vaccinations, if, if we know they have zero efficacy for for the benefit of children, why? Why are we pushing them so hard? Mm -hmm. Well, I think you have to look at the bias aspect of money. And what the real motivation is, you know, people often say, follow the money because the money will lead you to the motivation and the truth. Yeah. I have a friend uh, in Iowa, Lori Harvey. She's a big supporter of this show for many years. She just lost her husband uh, to cancer. And she says uh, Blue Cross is refusing almost $43,000 in medical costs from her husband's cancer treatment. So, you know, in a monopoly, you, you don't have great customer service. You know, you don't have innovation. Uh, prices don't go down any of those things. And, and, and to your point as well, Jim, that history that I talk about all of the time in 2010, when Obamacare came to be, that was exactly 100 years from 1910. And most people in America, even medical doctors don't know that in 1910, the Flexner report was written and published, which is a preordained medical commission report supported and funded by Rockefeller and Carnegie foundations to establish medical school curricula that would only teach petrochemical patent medicine, which is what is the dominant monopoly around the Western world and here in the United States, to the elimination of any potential competition or actual competition that preceded it, homeopathy, naturopathy, herbalism, which is written about in the Bible, for goodness sake. And so you're right. These things were not made to make it more accessible, more affordable and better as far as care, healthcare, otherwise, but to enrich a small group of corporations that are global globalist in nature that have no allegiance to any nation or state that would run roughshod over every one of our rights. If they can just mandate that we are customers of theirs, like was done with the so-called experimental COVID jab that is still being foisted upon us, despite what you acknowledge is zero efficacy for children, very limited efficacy for everyone else. And in fact, maybe arguably a downturn in the immune systems of everybody who's gotten the shot or more than one or more boosters. I lost your audio there, Jim. I don't know what happened. Super Don, can you hear Jim or is that just me? I think I got oh, it. You're back. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it has the appearance like 
like our lives and interests were literally sold to corporations. Mm -hmm. it, it sure looks like that uh, in, in many respects on the vaccination thing. And, you know, now our private data is sold through big tech uh, where, you know, your boundaries of privacy are sold, um, you know, and you look at government facilitated monopoly of industry and, you know, the antitrust legislation that we have was put there because you cannot keep a republic without free market capitalism. And unfortunately, uh, we're seeing too much consolidation of industry that actually represents an existential threat to freedom itself. And, and that's, that has to be stopped and confronted. We're talking with Jim Carlin. He's running uh, to be Senator from the state of Iowa against Chuck Grassley in this election cycle. Um, I'm enjoying the discussion, your, your candor and your knowledge of certain things that most politicians won't touch or don't know anything about is refreshing. That's for sure. Uh, if you want to learn more about, uh, Jim, we have a, a link, Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N for U.S. Senate, F-O-R-U-S Senate.com. And you can learn a little bit more about this as he's taken on a, a lifelong career politician, a Republican. Some would say rhino. But again, you know, all Republicans aren't suddenly pure because we don't like Democrats, for instance, and in what they do. But then, you know, most Republicans are accused of being all for the corporations. Yet, ironically, the the Democrats have been the most forceful in defense of corporations forcing their products into our arms. Uh, so you mentioned free market capitalism as opposed to what? Crony capitalism, capitalism yeah. or ca corporate welfare like Ron Paul used yeah. to describe? Well, no, I mean, Milton Friedman was all about business, but he recognized the necessity of government engagement to preserve free market capitalism because um, once once there's no semblance of free market, as is the case in agriculture in Iowa um, or, or in our healthcare or, you know, in big tech, these things um, can be used as mechanisms and levers to exert power and control over the individual, mm -hmm. you know, in a, in, a, in a really threatening way. Uh, if things were to really go in the wrong direction on freedom, then they could really be used in a tyrannical way. And we do need to be concerned about that. You know, I know there's angels in heaven. I just don't know many in politics. Not in government, no. And I think that's the danger of enlarging, enlarging or empowering a centralized bureaucracy uh, to control the market, right? I don't know that's what your intent is or thought when you're saying the well, free market, right? Uh, it's like, I don't know. I, I have a sincere question. I was like, how does government maintain sure. a free market? I mean, if they would really defend personal property or private property rights, perhaps then right. we would have more of a free market uh, enabled, right? Right now we see the government right. runs uh, corporate cover, if you will, defense against like the EPA protects polluters, yeah. right? The FDA yeah. protects the poisoners that kill the, the, you know, the third largest number of Americans every year, like big pharma, et cetera. And in a free market, I believe they would have to compete with the things that I do, homeopathy or naturopathy and other things that the prices would come down, innovation would go up, people would be far less inclined to go to physicians that basically only write prescriptions for poison that end up killing a lot of our friends and family, if you will. And, and so if we're arguing for free market, free market in medicine and healthcare is one of those things that's untouchable. And even among many Republicans, you, you hit this when they're like, oh, uh, no, big pharma is a little too powerful. I can't take them on now. Mm -hmm. But we have to. Um, 
Here, the, the, our job is to protect the citizens of this country. That's our first obligation. Um, we have to protect and enforce their boundaries under the Constitution, their boundary to privacy, their boundary of medical autonomy, to medical self-determination, to their Second Amendment right, uh, to defend themselves, to their free speech. Um, and so many of these things under corporate control represent real threats to those things. And that's one, you know, if, if we're going to be about freedom, we're going to have to, we're going to have to protect our people first. And um, I think that's, I think that's when the, that, that's when the process works best. And mm -hmm. free market capitalism is part of that conversation because it gives people the right to make choices and their choices impact cost and quality and competition raises the bar, you know, in industry. And if the government is in the business of facilitate, facilitating monopoly or oligarch control of industry in the long run, it's hurting the people. It's harming the people of this country. Yeah. Well, freedom is a word that's used that rings hollow with no definition or it's altered definition by any politician who speaks it often when you, you know, challenge a politician about, well, do you believe in this kind of freedom? Like I talk about, imagine a free, let's say Iowa, imagine Iowa became a free market state for healthcare. That suddenly it said FDA stay the hell out of our state. We want to allow on a state level, all kinds of healthcare providers to provide and innovate in in freedom, in a true free market. You know what kind of pushback that would be from the federal government, of course. But what would happen, I believe, is that it become the most prosperous state in the nation just on medical tourism alone. As people flock in to be able to see naturopaths, homeopaths, herbalists, chiropractors, medical doctors, all side by side competing for the healthcare dollar in freedom and prices come down, innovation goes mm -hmm. up. Is that something you would support or is that just a bridge too far? I don't know that, that I don't know that that's a bridge too far. I, you know, I I understand that there's standards of care, and there's legitimate safety issues. But like for instance, you brought up ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Mm -hmm. um, the known risks associated with ivermectin, I don't believe they're they're even comparable to Tylenol. So you know, if you right. want to tell me that that course is a dangerous path. Mm -hmm. Show me the risk. Um, hydroxychloroquine is something that every missionary knows because you take it before you go overseas uh, preemptively uh, to when combat malaria, malaria yeah. or, or yellow fever, right? So yeah. I've taken it for years um, and, you know, I haven't realized any side effects. And I actually was cured of COVID in about 30 hours from ivermectin. Mm -hmm. And my wife, who's a nurse, was very insistent that I get it and said, you know, you need to find another, you need to find another family doctor. If she's just going to summarily tell you, you get nothing. And if your lips turn blue, go to the emergency room. Well, thankfully my, my wife, my wife won the day I got my ivermectin and I was a whole lot better. And, yeah. you know, uh, that kind of begs the question, why aren't, why are, are not more of us in the driver's seat of our own health care? Mm -hmm healthcare when we make reasonable requests well we've turned our bodies over to the government the government has been captured by uh industry in this case and of course uh freedom dwindles from there and uh politicians pay at lift service they'll say well write a letter to the fda and the fda says well write a letter to your congressman because they can change the law anytime or in the in the case of states in the 10th amendment we could just tell the feds to pound sand when they violate 
the enumerated powers that they're granted at the federal level. Uh, and so as we move forward here, uh, I, I imagine that your wife as a nurse would probably support the freedom of patients to decide to use homeopathic remedies, herbal remedies, as well as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And I know that personally from meeting with doctors and nurses, physicians in the last two years for the first time open as can be to what they call alternative medicine, complementary natural medicine, working side by side along with physicians or in a, independent of physicians, because we've tried monopoly. We've, we've tried government sanctioned monopolies on medicine. And it's the Again, third, I argue the first leading cause of death, but I'll just go third leading cause of death. Right. And I, I keep hammering that because the numbers are so staggering that they say how many people die every year from the flu? It's right. dwarfed by FDA approved drugs once again. So real quick, as we're wrapping up here, I know you sure. got another interview at the top of the hour. Uh, you're running against right. Grassley. What is it right. that offends you about what Grassley's doing as a senator from Iowa at this point that says I'm running because I, I'm better than this dude. I don't like what he's doing. Right. What's going on there? Well, Robert. I got in this thing for a simple reason. I, I truly believe if we look 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, that freedom itself is, is vanishing. And I believe that we have to live in the reality of the future we're creating for our children and our grandchildren. So if you take that journey 10 years from now, 20 years from now, what do you see are going to be the challenges for them? And what are you going to do about it? And I think the responsible thing to do is have the self-awareness to know where the risks are and preemptively engage them now rather than waiting for them to go down a path to tyranny. The difference between Senator Grassley and I, I think, is pretty simple. Uh, if you know Daniel Horowitz, uh, he has a website called The Conservative Review. Mark Levin was, I believe, involved in the creation of it. A box score is kept on the voting records of senators and congressmen. For the last six years, Senator Grassley's record on, on different issues, whether it was certifying the election, voting for an infrastructure bill with double-digit inflation, voting against President Trump's wall, or the nomination of Merrick Garland, or Pete Buttigieg, or, uh, or Michael Regan, Senator Grassley has not been a pro-freedom senator. His Liberty score was actually an F. And um, Chuck, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are in the F conversation on that website. People need to ask themselves, is this, is this is Senator Grassley gonna stand up for my freedom and for the freedom of my children? I don't think he is. And if he's not gonna do the job, and you know that it's very foreseeable he's not gonna do the job, you have to get in and you have to get in the fight. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. Well, I'm uh, look, uh, this is a freedom show, health freedom fundamentally, but uh, freedom on all levels. And I don't like to hyphenate freedom, but I acknowledge that we have to gain sure. our territory often by inches uh, as opposed to what I'd love to see it all just like, hey, freedom's back, right? But as you mentioned <laughs> Iowa, a big farming state controlled by the likes of Monsanto, Nabayer, et cetera, GMOs and pesticide poisoning, et cetera. That's another arena where I might want to talk to you some more on as the election cycle sure. continues, because I know that's important to the people of Iowa and, and those that want to farm organically uh, that don't get the kind of subsidies that corporate you know, welfare provides to these uh, uh, GMO, Bill Gates-level conglomerates. So, uh, Jim, I appreciate you coming on board today. Hey, thanks. Thanks again, Robert. I really appreciate it.
Well, all the best on your attempts to replace the uh, the career politician, Chuck Grassley. Y'all want to know more about Jim in the short interview we've had. You get a sense of uh, where he's at. You can go to uh, carlin4ussenate.com. Thanks again, Jim Carlin. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Appreciate you as well. Thank you. All right. Well, we got a lot more to do on the Robert Scabell Show from time to time. I, I don't mind making forays into interviewing candidates for various offices, even though I know that uh, arguably, you know, it, it, the, the voting situation, if they don't understand, uh, uh, let's say, how much we are suffering under, I would say, a constitutional, a constitution that is, is engaged in, 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 I don't know, cancerous growth, you know, all the limits on growth that the constitution put in place. So the government wouldn't do all the things that it does. Well, the people have to enforce it. As we know, the paper doesn't enforce itself. Uh, and that's, uh, again, another uh, we're all dealing with the same disaster, the violations of freedom by big, bigger and bigger and bigger government at every level. Uh, so anyway, I appreciate uh, uh, Jim coming on to talk a little bit about that. I also would have talked about given more time. Uh, the 17th, I believe, yeah, the 17th Amendment. That was uh, back in uh, 1912 when they decided to make senators uh, from the states, you know, you get two senators per state popularly elected not selected from the legislature of the state, which would mean that now the people are voting and the people may not have the concept of what the state per it, it, the, the, what we say, the, the relationship between the state and the federal government. And then the state's lost standing in a sense. That's another aspect of how this was supposed to be run. And it was like, Oh no, no, we got to get popular elections in as well. A democracy, right? which can be a disaster, especially if you're a homeopath like me and two other oncologists and we're deciding on what to do to treat somebody's cancer. You'll find out how dangerous democracy can be, the tyranny of the majority to the, what, absolute destruction of the rights of the individual, the ultimate minority. Anyway, thanks for being here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We've got Ty Bollinger coming up in hour two. We've got some uh, more things to do. I'll bring Superdon in the mix because I think we've got some questions of the day. We've got some callers coming in. Superdon, what should we do next? Uh, you know, we don't get them very often. So mm -hmm. I'd say let's start off with a, uh, a caller of the day. Oh, okay. Go for it. Hello! Hi, uh, my name is Nora, and I live in California, and I know for a fact that Cardio Miracle does work, but I have a huge problem. I'm allergic to L-Argentine and olive leaf. And I will not go to the pharmacy, so I need help. I don't know what to do. My blood pressure is really high. I just had blood work from Genova, and uh, my inflammation is extremely low. Uh, so that's not the problem. I do have a problem not sleeping, and I am grinding my teeth. So I know that's from high blood pressure. Um, please give me some answers. All right. I don't know what to do. I just saw the doctor yesterday. He doesn't know what to do either. And I have a holistic doctor. He doesn't know what to do. So um, I need help. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Hopefully you're able to answer that. I'm, I'm, I know Cardio Miracle definitely works. Thank you. Bye. Okay. She says, uh, which is great. As we know, Cardio Miracle is awesome. You know, I take it every day and so many of us now do. Uh, yet you say you're allergic to L-arginine and uh, what was it? What was the other substance? It was, a, a, I thought, an immune modulator, if you remember what she Olive had mentioned. Olive leaf. Olive leaf. Thank you. Yeah. Now, you know, question about it, it, did they determine the allergy based on that Genova blood test or were there symptoms associated that they validated were caused by either L-arginine or uh, olive leaf or both? Uh, you know, for me as a homeopath looking at allergies, 
as an overreaction of the immune system to something that, you know, is a normal substance like a, an amino acid. Why would you react that way? In isolation, L-arginine can definitely do things that can create, you know, kind of uh, opposite type effects as well. And, you know, we've talked about uh, whether it's here on this show, Super Don, or in the webinars I've conducted related to the formula that's in Cardio Miracle and all that the, the, the synergy that it has um, to address the adverse events of boosting nitric oxide suddenly like l-arginine is known to do right and when that happens we have a corresponding arise of peroxynitrite which is an inflammatory free radical and because of the botanicals and other in mineral ingredients it seems to counteract it before it becomes a problem and that we've seen sustained production of nitric oxide sustained reduction of the peroxynitrite so you say it works it, did you have were you on it for a while and you started having other symptoms and then you're saying oh it must be the l-arginine and or did it have the uh, uh, olive leaf? Did you see that? If it was in there, that list, I'd have to look again. Dig, and see dig deep what for me as be. I'm talking about this. It, be it might be because there's a fruit and vegetable blend. phytonutrient yeah. blend. Well, keep reading it. I'm going to keep talking until you find out if it's in there. But I would say this from a homeopathic perspective. You know, we can utilizing the the concept of like cures like utilize substances that you have an allergy to in a homeopathic form to work on safely desensitizing, in other words, reducing the intensity of the symptoms or eliminating them all together, like a homeopathic form of L-arginine, a homeopathic form of, uh, you know, the different botanicals that somebody say, I'm allergic to that. Also, when we see allergies, when I see allergies, uh, I'll often see without, almost without fail, still some gastrointestinal inflammation, some leaky gut. And that is often wrongly diagnosed because it shows up as a trigger, an allergic trigger, but the allergen is not the cause of the triggering. The triggering is because of an imbalance or dysfunction within the immune system due to leaky gut, uh, poor uh, assimilation, malabsorption, etc., or digestive detox pathway congestion. Uh, so working more and more with the liver detoxes that I talk about homeopathically, herbally, or otherwise, or even coffee enemas, that can also greatly reduce some of the things. Now, you mentioned uh, blood pressure issues. It seemed like it was, was it high? Yeah, high blood pressure. I think I wrote a note there. Did you, by the way, did you see that ingredient in there? I, I don't see olive leaf in it. Uh, olive okay. leaf, from what I understand, I, is, is good stuff. And I do actually. It's more of an immune. I've got uh, olive leaf uh, yeah. extract here. Right. Side. So I, I'm not familiar with olive leaf being in that either. But no. the allergenine, as I said, as an isolate, could create situations that might mimic allergic response. And in that comprehensive array called Cardio Miracle, I don't see that it would do the same thing. However, again, I'm lacking information from that caller as to why she says it works great yet i'm in trouble because i can't take it because of l-arginine but you know it works so get back to me on that send a message to super don uh you know or, uh, if you go to robertscottbell.com you could submit a message type it in or you can call the number that she did 866-939-2355 now with blood pressure issues i often look at renal issues kidney issues uh over the years we've talked about heavy metals and particularly cadmium and its impact on the kidneys creating elevated blood pressure issues. So have you analyzed in the Genova testing metals, like is there uh, evidence of uh, an excess cadmium, for instance, in the system? Uh, we could be exposed to cadmium by many ways uh, today with battery technologies, et cetera. So that's a consideration. Also to address uh, kidney health, I think the Cardio Miracle is vital, vital because of vascular uh, delivery through uh, you know, the microcapillary beds within the kidneys, the renal system. Uh, there is so much that needs to be oxygenated and, and, and neutrified and as well as detoxified through the, the kidney uh, tubules, everything that is there. So what else can we do? 
Um, other minerals that are critical we've talked about recently include the bioactive copper hydrosol, copper being critical for vascular integrity as well. It works to protect the heart and the vasculature with selenium. So if you're not already taking the 100% whole food selenium from innate response that we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com, please go there, order the innate selenium as well as the sovereign copper and you can use the code RSB5 when you're at choosetobehealthy.com to correct that as well and to help with blood pressure. Now, hydration has everything to do with blood pressure. Hydrogen within the, uh, the echo water systems from Synergy Science, also very profound and, and able to more, uh, let's say, efficiently hydrate, but uh, more importantly with the, the hydrogen that's available as molecular hydrogen to also work as a powerful antioxidant to address the inflammatory components that could create elevated blood pressure as well beyond just hydration issues. So if you want, you can even get, if you don't want to get the whole house or, or these under sink units, if it's, I don't know what your economics wherewithal is, but the uh, Echo Go is a little unit that you can put clean water in, your already filtered water in and produce hydrogen water that you could drink immediately within minutes. And that's another profound tool to enhance the ability of even things like selenium to work more efficiently. So uh, those are some things I would consider at this moment. And there are other things known to, to work for blood pressure. But I know, good Lord, we're running out of time in hour one. So I want to go on to the next call. But do follow up with me if you have other questions based on what I've said so far. Do we have another caller? Hi. I would like to find out the proper name of the copper saw that you're talking about and the silver saw mm. and where to get them and also the CBD telephone number okay so that's easy all right i just mentioned the sovereign copper the bioactive copper hydrosol and this is sovereign silver the bioactive silver hydrosol i love it if you get it uh from well choose to be healthy.com he has them he also has the argentin 23 which is the professional uh strength form of the silver hydrosol uh, that you can get at choose to be healthy.com or if you support a local what i call the old mom and pop independent retailers, the health food stores of old, those are the ones I'd really encourage you to support them because they're the lifeblood, the backbone of the natural products industry and just small businesses as well, uh, rather than the international global conglomerates or the Amazons of the world. And I understand the convenience of it. Believe me, I do of the Amazons of the world, uh, but trying to support local if you can, and maybe even consider paying for things in gold backs locally, if you haven't figured out how to do that. Uh, we have the United Precious Metals Association banner at robertscottbell.com. And that you could set up a free account and zero spread, buy, sell, gain stuff with gold and silver, but also you can establish gold back accounts and you could take possession of them or you can even lease them and make more than you'd make through a bank in percentage wise. So there's some good things there. So look for the UPMA uh, banner at robertscottbell.com and click on that so you can plug in. Now, as far as the CBD telephone number, uh, that's a super done question. We tell you to go to cbdnf.com, sign up to become a customer. This is the full spectrum certified organic nutritional frontiers hemp CBD that we get it's made in Colorado, uh, grown so clean and pure that they don't even run diesel tractors through the fields to harvest. It's all done by hand and third party validated and verified as far as cleanliness and purity. Uh, so super done cbdnf.com. Is there a phone number that somebody could call and ask questions or, or, or order some? Of course. The RS RSB 15 is the code to get a discount, by the way. Yeah. The phone number. Hold on. You don't have it? You, you think, you know, I, of course I don't have it. 
I warned you. I know you did. That's why I don't have it. <laughs> oh, oh, because Here's I warned you. Contact us. It's all your fault. Oh my. All right. Gosh. The phone number is. If you yes. Get your pencils or your pens ready. Yes. Four one two area code four one two nine two 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 five six six. That's four one two nine two 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 five six six. Okay. And by the way, we had an email come in. I believe it was. Uh, wasn't it from a person asking about the RSB 15 discount code. Remember that? Uh, we did. Yeah. And there, there was a bit of confusion. I think a couple other people may have had the same issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I want to say this was from, who was it? Was it from, this is from Debbie, Debbie, Debbie wrote, yeah. wrote in. and, um, she was having some problems with ordering, uh, on sale items and mm-hmm. getting the, the 15% off with the RSB 15 right. in addition to the sale price. Yeah. Uh, so we contacted JB Dorley personally, mm-hmm. And Jamie wrote us back and said uh, he's going to talk to the team there mm-hmm. at Nutritional Frontiers to make sure that they understand that RSB fans uh, get a special deal and get the double dip Yes, on those so, sale so, prices. So this was the controversy, and, we, and I joked about it, too. Every time he would say it, Jamie Dorley, who's the head guy, he's the dude at Nutritional Frontiers. What he says right. goes. Yet there are probably people in, in marketing and sales that are going, no, 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 don't give the double dip discount. You don't right? do that for people. Right? How, 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 what are you talking about? But yeah. Jamie has got the power, right, at That's Nutritional right. Frontiers. And he's assured us, he says, I let our team know again that RSB people, you know who you are, can double dip. So when they have awesome sales, I mean, they have ridiculous, sometimes buy one, get one free, or buy three, get free, 50% off sales. And Jamie insists that you can still use the RSB 15 code. And I know yep. that if, if customer service is reluctant to give it, I know why. But Jamie says it's okay. So you mentioned the president, head, founder, CEO, all of that, whatever you want to call it. Jamie Dorley says, RSB show peeps, you know who you are, yes. get the 15% off on in addition to whatever sales going on, RSB 15. And it's an everyday discount code. So there you go. Yes, sir. How cool is that? Thank you, Jamie Dorley. We love you and appreciate you. And, and the team, even those of you who are reluctant to give the deal, we're going to give you some leeway here because Jamie's saying, hey, I'm talking to you again. Uh, so please take advantage of that. They're a great company, very invested in education. In fact, August 6th, I'm going to be there for another, in Pittsburgh, PA, another education full-day event with some, some awesome folks, including, uh, of course, Jamie will be there. Uh, Tracy Straup, our good friend, will be there. And, uh, well, Judy Mikovits and others will be there. So that's going to be an amazing event, August the 6th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There's a, now a banner in the upcoming events page of the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com, upcoming events. And there it is. Look at that. That's a, hey, We've been on them about putting this together. They put together a nice one. The journey. That's pretty slick, yeah. The Journey of Healthcare Interactive Summit of Leading Health Experts. I don't know why I'm MC and a legal freedoms expert. I would say a health freedom. I've expert. never seen you referred to yeah. as a legal freedoms expert before. No, because I don't pretend to be a lawyer. I, uh, look, LFE. You should actually just put that next to your name. LFE. Now. No, LFE. it's health freedom. Robert H-F-E. Scott Bell. LFE. Yeah. HFE. Health freedom. All right. You want to do a really quick since Ty isn't here yet? Um, okay. A really quick question of the day. Yeah, let's do it. It's in the notes, right? All right, if you go to robertscottbell.com, you'll see just what's on the screen right now from Nancy. Not my Nancy. She says, hi, are there any photos anywhere of Super Don's garden? (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting a patio garden. I want to see them if possible. Usually I'm at work on Tuesdays, but I'm home today. So I watched some of the video. That was here yesterday for the first time. It's great both ways. 
I also have just listened to the podcast, uh, and it makes my commute interesting all the time. Thank you so much. Missed the video of yesterday's show regarding, even though I can see today, 524, if any photos are on the website. God bless you all. So apparently, Super Don, you did post photos on the website today in the show notes. My right? my, my plants are a thing now, apparently. Totally. Thanks, you knew thanks they to would you. Be. Thanks I, to you. So, yes, I did put it in the show notes. But here's uh, this morning when I saw the, the message came in, I decided, well, let me go get a, a current picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I walked out, and, and this is now, I, this is not a patio situation. I know she said she's, she's going to be starting on a patio. Right. You know, I just, when I moved into this place, I was lucky enough that they had the raised beds out in front. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is what it looks like this morning. Every, everybody looks good in the picture. I'm Yay. happy because I know sometimes, you know, when you do transplants, the plants yeah. can kind of have a little trouble in the transition. Uh, and so far, I haven't seen any issues whatsoever. First with, to be with doing these. well. Now, I would say this, and Ty Bolin is going to join us in just a moment. Uh, remember I talked about the ground cover like hay or uh, uh, pine straw, something. To, uh-huh. As it gets hotter, it becomes more important. It's still early spring enough. It's not evaporating the the, the water. Well, you believe use it or not, days. today's a hot day, but I keep yeah. on top of it. I I, yeah. I keep them watered and stuff like that. But we're supposed to hit like 81, 82 today. Okay. Well, yeah. if you can, just throw some hay. Uh, if you have some access to that. Hey. Hey. I'm going to say that Ty Bollinger. Hey. He's going to hey. run. He's going to run. All right. We're <laughs> going to go outside the box today on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Ty Bollinger joins us right after the break because the power to heal is yours. <laughs> Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Yeah, you saw that we're going to be at Autism One. Uh, you just saw a little uh, brief uh, reminder in the desert. It's August, I know, but it's going to be awesome, and it's uh, something I look forward to. Uh, great reunions with many of our friends, including Professor Dr. Brian Hooker, who I'm going to see this weekend in San Antonio, Texas, uh, Advanced Medicine Conference. And uh, as we bring our buddy Ty Bollinger back, Ty, you used to be in San Antonio for a while, or that area, right? Near, not nearby. Yeah, well, I'm actually, uh, and uh, good to be back on with you, RSB. Um, we actually got married in San Antonio. That's where we met, Charlene. I, I, I don't know. recall. Oh, Charlene and you, not you and me. Okay, I'm, I'm with you now. You're wearing that yeah. beautiful, pretty pink. No, we're not married. <laughs> we're not married, and, and I don't identify as your spouse either. So, <laughs> um, but Now that we, we've cleared that up. <laughs> we met in San Antonio, and we got married there. And then uh, before we moved here to Nashville, we actually lived in Spring Branch, Texas, which is about 30 miles north of San Antonio, up 281. Okay. So we, we're very familiar with the area. Okay. Well, see, if I have time, I, I read somewhere that there's a really good organic farm-to-table restaurant around San Antonio. I'm trying to figure out where that is. I'm going to get to uh, hang out you know, with you, you know what you need to do is just quit worrying about get, going to farm-to-table and go up yeah. to Rudy's Barbecue up I-10 and get okay. some of the best barbecue in the world. At Rudy's, Rudy's Barbecue from Free Rudy's Range barbecue. Pigs. Rudy's barbecue and they've got brisket, turkey, you name it, uh, ribs. It's the best barbecue you ever had. <laughs> okay. Well, see what kind of time that I have. I, am- I I would have to second that my, actually my kids, two of my kids, when they lived in Arizona, worked at one of the Rudy's there because they're a chain oh. Rudy's. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's, it's some of the best I barbecue I've that. ever had. It is. 
Now, yeah. it's a it's a chain now. When when we lived there in the early 90s, there was one Rudy's and it was north of San Antonio up towards okay. Bernie, Texas. Yeah. And then it, yeah. they 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 branched out from there and became a chain. And now there's Rudy's everywhere. But yeah, some of the best barbecue you'll ever taste. Hmm. All right. Well, I've taken that under advisement. I'm going to see my buddy, Michael Badnarik, uh, who, you know, uh, ran for president in 2004 as a libertarian nominee. And uh, he's a stalwart defender of liberty. And uh, he's on his 10th life. I acknowledge that. Uh, Michael Badnarik is a cat with 10 lives, not nine. Uh, but he's planning to do a, a, a surprise keynote. I, it's not a surprise here, but on liberty, on freedom. Uh, I think at a luncheon on maybe on Saturday over there at the Advanced Medicine Conference. So anyway, looking forward to seeing you in Nashville. We've got uh, Kimberly Overton and the Nurse Freedom Network setting up in Franklin, Tennessee. It's one of the upcoming events, and you and Charlene will be there. I can't wait to see you guys. Give you great big hugs and uh, continue meeting with folks for the cause of health, freedom, and healing liberty like we we do going outside the box each and every week. Yeah, it's just a couple of weeks down the road, isn't it? Yeah. I know it's crazy because I got uh, this weekend, San Antonio, I come back, turn around with the kids, go to Atlanta, have another conference there, but I'm there for a while, come back, turn around. And then I think I go to Nashville to see you guys. And, and uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, but I'm just like stealing myself, doing a lot of cardio miracle to stay strong through it all. And then the show is over. We're all done. All done. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I just thought I froze up there, man. There was like a silence. I'm like, dang it. It's frozen up. No, it's like you messing with my mind. Cause sometimes you do that. I remember when you said you were drinking moonshine on the air and I sort of believe oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know sometimes when you pretend to be frozen up, if that's really happened. Well, um, we've got a lot to discuss. We've got a number of articles that super don't sent us, but I, I do have to ask you because obviously the biggest thing in the news right now is what the disaster that happened in Texas of uh, the wholesale slaughter of a number of kids and, and, and a couple of adults as well. And we talked about, in fact, with a, a Senate candidate out of Iowa about that as well, the idea of giving up your right to self-defense or defend children as if that would protect them. And I, and I said, you know, as a dad sending my kids, my kids were not homeschooled. We would have killed them, I think. Uh, not literally, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, not everybody's made for homeschool, uh, but we sent them to private schools. And, and I'd be sure certainly in the last number of years, that the uh, administration and or teachers are well-armed and able to, and capable of defending these kids who are defenseless without firearms should somebody come in with a firearm, illegal or legal, right? And the thing is, if they say, well, if we could just ban firearms, everybody would be safe. I mean, that's such such a, a statement that is defied any sense of logic, as you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But they also probably are not going to reveal whether this kid had psychiatric problems at 18, was on meds, maybe, likely, I don't know. Well, I mean, clearly kid had psychiatric problems. That's, I mean, that's self-evident. Whether he was on meds or not, doesn't matter. He definitely had some mental issues. Um, but it, yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's a real double standard that, you know, that the politicians will hit and, you know, Biden's already double standard it to death in the last 12 hours, but, um, you know, condemning guns, condemning gun violence, saying we should ban all these weapons, saying that more laws would have stopped us. Look, the kid broke six or seven laws already in possession of what he used to murder all these ki those kids last night. So you're saying one more, two more laws would have stopped him. You know, six laws that he broke didn't, but eight would have. That's just patently absurd. And then, you know, people are going to town tweeting, if you're not for limiting guns and limiting gun violence, then you're complicit in these murders. And it's like, are you kidding me? That's the most absurd thing you've ever said that I've ever read. It's like, you know, if you're not in favor of 
banning cars and booze, then you're complicit in every time that somebody's a drunk driver kills someone. It's just mm -hmm. badly absurd. Yeah. And, and it's just a sad thing. Of course, we can't diminish the sadness. And I just think of it as a parent to lose your child is just a horrific thought. Horrible. much less a reality. Horrible. And, and yet, as I said, my position is that if I'm sending my kid to a school, I want to make sure that there's adequate defense capacity within the school, within the teachers, the administration or security that could meet with force, violent force, if necessary, somebody engaging in violent force against innocent children or people in a school. And I'm just speaking as a dad there, and I'm not afraid of having teachers armed if they're adequately trained and capable and shown their capacity to be able to utilize it safely in defense of life, not to take life necessarily, but in defense of life. Well, they should, they should be armed and able to protect the kids. You know, it's absurd. You can't get within a hundred yards of these pieces of filth in Congress. They're heavily armed guards everywhere. They've got their own personal security, but they couldn't give a rip about protecting the kids. It's such a, it's such a double standard that it's, it's very irritating. Mm. And, uh, and then you have, you know, whatever you want to call Biden, get on and just start going insane about how um, this is, there's just, this is inexcusable. And then it's just, I'm tired of the acting mm -hmm. and I'm tired of the double standards that protects the pieces of trash that are passing legislation to limit our rights to protect ourselves while they're fully protected and they couldn't give a rip about our kids unless they want to use it as a political theater to help yeah. further whatever they're trying to accomplish. Well, and I pointed out Australia, New Zealand, the tragic uh, loss of life and kids in those countries that caused the people to put their guard down literally and figuratively. Uh, and give up their ability to have uh, most firearms. And then now they're at the mercy of a, a government uh, bent on vengeance for anybody who would not want to get an experimental injection, you know, into their arms or the arms of their children. Uh, now we had the, the poll question of the day Super Don sent out for those of you that subscribe to the newsletter, email newsletter at robertscottbell.com. Super Don, come on in here as well. But here's the question. A terrible mass shooting took place yesterday at an elementary school. How can we prevent this? Four options that Super Don gave you. Gun control, more gun control laws would reduce gun deaths. That was one option. Armed teachers and school security. That's another option. Better mental, mental health intervention and treatment. That was another one. And then an honest assessment for those that don't know and said, I'm just not sure. So <coughs> Super Don, what, what kind of response do we have here? Run us through this. Well, uh, what we had was coming in, f in first, uh, it was better mental health intervention and treatment with uh, 45%. Okay. In second place, people said armed teachers and school security. Mm. In third place, interestingly enough, 14% uh, say gun, gun control. More gun control laws would reduce gun deaths. And then we had 4% that, was, that uh, said not sure. Interesting. I, I'm, I'm proud of those who said uh, arming the teachers and school security. Although, again, I also agree that homeschool would be optimal if you can do it. I think it's the best. Um, and when you see better, better mental health interventions and treatment, you know, Ty, just like I do, what that typically means from government and, and corporate is more drugs for people that are mentally unstable already or made mentally unstable by those drugs, more drugs for them, too. Oh yeah, that's that's typically what it's going to mean if you're coming from a pharma perspective. But you know, I would agree though that you know mental health is certainly an issue here. Um, so I, I saw a special on ESPN about a kid that was a baseball player that.
tried to commit suicide a couple years ago and failed. Um, he was pro, I mean, major league ball player, but he lost one of his eyes in the attempt. Mm. And now he works with, uh, I think the San Francisco Giants going around speaking to people about mental health because he was, you know, contemplating suicide for a long time and he finally tried it. You know, thank God he didn't succeed because now he's really influencing people in a positive direction. So mental health is certainly an issue. Um, it's just how you're going to treat the mental health. Are you going to treat it with drugs or right. are you going to get to the root? Or yeah, how about uh, the nutrient deficiencies, essential fat deficiencies, the utilization of botanicals, whether it be cannabis related or otherwise, uh, to address these issues without pharmacologically altering their state of consciousness to the point that there's no governor on their behavior, like we talk about with the SSRI drugs often resulting in the school shootings. When you know you have a suicidal or homicidal thought, and then you act on it when normally you would not. Right, right, and that's that's the problem. Is you know a lot of these. A lot of kids are suffering and, and and honestly this was i think planned right the, the pandemic a lot of the the uh, issues that we're dealing with today are as a result of mental health problems that began or were exacerbated during this two past years of you know isolation lockdowns and so forth i think that, I think that was part of the plan well they made uh, yeah they made worse the uh, especially among young people what the heck kind of beer mug is that today what are you drinking what is it? Oh man, this is a protein shake. I, I haven't eaten lunch yet. Straight out of the giant blender. Well, if I, if I pour it from the blender into the cup, then I got to clean the blender and the cup. So I like your thinking. I do. I like your thinking. My wife yeah, makes fun of me. A, it's just a protein shake. <laughs> Finally, a cup bigger than your head. That's awesome. Yeah. Look at the size of the noggin on that boy. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, stay strong, my friend. Now, we do have some stories I want to cover uh, from the news beyond the tragic shooting. Uh, and one of them is about uh, two corrupt pharma companies that are cashing in on the monkeypox scare, as well as uh, an article about what you won't hear from corporate media about the monkeypox outbreak. Have you guys been talking about this uh, in the family and with friends about, look at here they go again? Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's just it's it's like uh, uh, third verse, same as the first, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we've been expecting something, and um, and then now we're seeing kind of maybe this is what we've been thinking that they're going to unleash now is you know the next Corona 2.0 or whatever. Now it's monkeypox. I saw something funny. It was on a website or something. It's like the in in monkeypox. Just remember that the K is silent. And right. I'm like, yeah. Monkeypox. Right. Yeah. Bobby Kennedy put out a tweet, even though I'm banned on Twitter. Uh, at this point, still haven't found a way back in. But as monkeypox cases spread, a report shows that the Gates Foundation, the WHO, and pharma execs took part in a monkeypox pandemic simulation in March of 2021. And with links to do that, you know, that used to be considered or derided as conspiracy theory talk. But even Event 201 really happened. And then we saw what manifested almost identically. And are they planning to use this or is this a ruse for something else to come back uh, or, or be introduced as might, might be worse? Because we know monkeypox as a disease is not very easily transmissible. Did they do gain of func function research on this too? Uh, you know, what's what's manifesting here? Yeah, it's, it's interesting though that, that they posted this and they, they actually had a monkeypox simulation because I think it was probably two or three weeks ago. Um, hang on. Somebody's trying to call me here. What kind of ringtone is that? You lose all of your your masculine street cred. That pink thing you're wearing, plus that that ringtone. <laughs> it's a it's an '80s tone, man. <laughs> called '80s tone, but I can't I can't figure out how to. It sounds like tune. like on hold music from the 1980s. Yeah, it, that's it's what an it. '80s tune. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that I was Muzak. That 80s. wasn't even music. That was Muzak. That was Muzak. But that's what um, it sounded like. 
Yeah, I, I picked it because I, I love '80s was the best decade, and so from a music perspective, from a ringtone perspective, everything for me is '80s. Are, are um, you wearing spandex or, or something that we should know about today? What's happening? That's you got your, your, your fanny pack. Got your, your fanny pack on. <laughs> He's got his fanny pack. He's ready to go. <laughs> oh that, my god! That, that's for me to know and for you to find out, Robert. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hey. All hey, right. Hold on. Where's he going? Is well, you can't go off camera. I do have a fanny pack. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know that's you kind of that's kind of that's sort of a bodybuilder thing too. But you yeah, know. you have to have a fanny pack. Yeah. I I take it with me every time I play the softball because I don't have any pockets in my softball pants. Mm-hmm. So I just take that with do me. Do you still wear the ba- do you wear the baggy pants when you work out? The baggy pants? Oh, yeah. you mean the '80s baggies? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, I've got a. Couple you know, you can still buy those. I found those. You, you know found- what? Yeah, you can buy I've- them at several websites, like the T. Michael Gear sells yeah. them. Yeah, Gecko yeah, still has is a thing. What Remember is it? Gecko from the '80s, oh, the yeah, Gecko brand. Yeah, yeah they're they're, they're still cool. around. They have all the '80s retro stuff. They're Welcome like to... MC Hammer pants almost. That's right. That's yeah. right. Welcome them. to the Super Don and Ty Bollinger fashion. Police Robert, you, Robert, you can you can take a break, Robert. We I've lost control of this show. <laughs> I, I I give up. I walk away at this point. Now oh. you you asked me something, Robert, before all that. I can't remember what it is. Well, we you know we were talking about. Uh, trying to be serious, obviously, about another uh, theoretical or scamdemic scare. Oh, yeah, yeah, the monkey. monkey so, yeah, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was telling somebody that I bet you anything with this monkeypox that they had a simulation, and they're going to deny that there was a simulation. And sure enough, Bobby posts this article, and I'm like, dang, that was, I was just almost off the cuff saying that, but almost half-heartedly believing it, and now it turns out it's true, just like Event 201, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. Steve says, I can't believe it's monkeypox season already. I still have my Ukraine decorations up. I've seen that going around, that meme as well. It's like, who, who, where do they want you to focus, right? Now, nobody's talking about Russia, Ukraine. It's monkeypox. And, you know, there are others that are predicting something more devastating, as we've talked about, uh, you know, with what was in or what is in those experimental injections, latent viruses or other things that, that they claim could be activated upon signaling from fifth, fifth generation wireless technologies. Regardless, what we have to do is all the things we've been talking about for years on the air and Ty and Charlene, you guys have been putting out there, you know, information that's empowering to your health and your immune system. And unfortunately, the biggest risk for those that got the jabs or boosters on top of the jabs is that it's not arguable now. It's it's they know that it depresses, destroys your immune system Mm -hmm. and really mimics what they call AIDS you know completely separate from the whole hiv discussion just immune deficiency immune collapse it's an injection that induces immune deficiency yeah they're they're actually calling it vades now vaccine induced aids and it's a real thing i i got a a text from someone that's reasonably credible it was that um well more than reasonably credible but I, i haven't confirmed i haven't heard this from anybody else but talking about how um Funeral home directors now, when they're embalming bodies of people that have gotten the jab, are finding they can't empty their blood. They it's, it's all too, coagulated. It's right? all coagulated. They yeah, can't yeah. drain their blood. Right, and, and you know, you look at uh, blood blood issues, and I, you know, I've talked about this a number of times, and I, you know, I think I first introduced it at the Truth About Cancer live event last year, as we were really digging deep into this. Uh-huh. Um, the the gross copper deficiency because of the excess use of zinc and vitamin C for one, on top of other deficiencies that preceded it. <clears throat> And, and, and without copper, you know, blood coagulation issues are, uh, you know, unfortunately one of those symptoms that indicates you don't have adequate copper stores in your body. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Uh, so there's a lot of things that even though certain supplements like zinc and vitamin C can be arguably helpful in the absence of copper, it becomes uh, another problem that you created because you didn't know how easy it would be to keep the copper levels up in conjunction with those. And very few doctors or even holistic people have been recommending copper in conjunction. And I've been trying to remedy that ever since I learned of that and uh, continue to speak out on that. Yeah. And we, in, we, we, uh, clandestinely recommended it in propaganda exposed when you talked about it we flashed up sovereign silver and sovereign copper on the screen yeah when you talk about those substances so yeah that's good stuff well and i think it was a really uh, fortuitous thing for people to learn about and i'm glad you did that because a lot of folks would not know what to take in, in a sense because i think when we talk about saving people's lives and having the rightful remedies that are out there i know it's not one thing but there are certain things that are <laughs> very critically important and those two are among them in the midst of moving forward here and combating whatever they're trying to throw at us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I take that's, that's stuff that we take every day, certain things you just don't miss. And that's uh, one of them is the silver and the copper. One of them is the cardio miracle, mm -hmm. uh, iodine, you know, get some vitamin D every day. There's certain things you better get every day. Yeah. How about, um, <laughs> This article in The Defender, it says how COVID became the most manipulated disease event in history. I think about all eight episodes that were sensational, by the way, if you didn't already know, uh, propaganda exposed. And I hope everybody got to watch it or purchase it and, and, and share it with folks. But in all eight episodes, there's a, so much history about how we've been manipulated, how we've been altered in our view of the world. Our belief about the past impacts our present and our future. And this article uh, by Russell Blaylock, who you know, Russell Blaylock, he's been featured yeah. in some of the videos over the years. Uh, he outlines why he believes that throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, the media and public health officials fed the public an unending series of lies, distortions, and disinformation, almost unprecedented in the history of propaganda. Oh, it is. There's there's no doubt. And it's great. I, I read this article from Dr. Blaylock uh, when, when they published it a couple of days ago. Really powerful article and got a lot of truth to it. This is the probably the biggest instance of propaganda maybe ever, especially in light of the fact that, you know, it didn't take a lot of propaganda in 1940s Germany to convince the German people about certain things. I mean, it, it took a lot of propaganda, but it didn't take the barrage of propaganda because there was only so much media. There were newspapers and there was radio. Right. And I don't even think there was television available to most of the German people at that point. So they barraged radio and, and you know, newspaper and, and they convinced the people that the Jews were bad and let's kill them. This is the biggest instance of propaganda in the history of the world, because look at all of the different media outlets that they, that they had to co-opt in order to continue to push this narrative across the board globally from TV to radio to cable to satellite to all of the Internet stuff. I mean, they it was a full scale propaganda attack for COVID-19. And they were very successful to a large extent because there's still people out there that are convinced that if they hadn't gotten that third booster, even though somehow they got COVID after that third booster and were as sick as they've ever been, they probably would have died without that booster. I mean, they've convinced people to believe exactly the opposite of what logic tells you. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's amazing what a message repeated, as they say, often enough, perhaps loud enough and even quiet enough, a combination of that can work its way into the subconscious to the point where you adopt absurd, let's say, views. Like you pointed out, the people that have you know, gotten both jabs and two or three boosters, they get what's called COVID, and they're like, thank God I got the shots. It would have been so much worse, right? And it's yeah. like, 
how how do you you know make sense of that because it's it's certainly one level cognitive dissonance on another level it's deep level programming which is what propaganda is. is it's altering the worldview of individuals via a mass message that is hit from every angle repeatedly until you lose your higher functions of cognition or critical thinking skills oh yeah it's it's total programming it's total brainwashing you know i i laugh when i hear about that happening to people, but I'm not laughing at people. It's just more absurd. It's, it, it, but, but it's a very successful propaganda campaign that's been waged against us. And many people have succumbed to it. Yeah. Quite, quite astonishing what we're witnessing <clears throat> yet. It, there is a, a potential in the midst of some horrible things to wake up like never before. And I think the propaganda exposed docu-series oh. is another one of those powerful tools that again, hopefully everybody's gotten it so you can share it to, to if, if you call it red pill people to help them see through this because you know our coverage for instance of, of vaccine dangers and you did the truth about vaccines docuseries as well you know at the time that i started in broadcast media 99 arguably one two or three percent had any questions at all about vaccines or resistant or wouldn't get them right for various reasons including you know being the first wave of people that witnessed the adverse events uh into the autism spectrum of children in the 90s and the 2000s but now we're seeing, you know, evidence of 80% or more parents saying, I don't want this shot for my kids, even if they approve it for one to five year olds, for instance, and the uptake for the five to 11 year olds has been, you know, the minority, if you will, is have adopted these shots, even though they're approved under emergency use for them. So, uh, I, I would see that there's a lot of evidence if we're, you know, the concept we're winning, I, I hear that we're winning, we're really winning. Well, the evidence of, of, of wins or the potential for winning from our perspective, those that love health, freedom and healing liberty and just freedom in general, is there ramping up censorship, uh, trying to pass laws that would mandate, you know, acceptance of things without informed consent, because that's a losing proposition long-term, even though it seems to be a powerful position because they theoretically hold all the power. But I think it's people awakening to, this is getting really uncomfortable. Now I'm willing to speak up before I was too scared to. Now, if I, if I stay silent, what happened in Nazi Germany could happen here as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to say why certain people act the way that they do during these times. Um, you know, it's hard to say why the Germans acted the way that they did during, during World War II. You know, what, one of the and, and by the way we're going to relaunch probably exposed in october november but a lot of people are saying hey i couldn't watch it or whatever Excellent. i didn't hear about it till too late so okay. we are going to relaunch it but um one of the things that mel Kay had mentioned in her interview and was that you know people don't realize that during nazi germany there was a million people that worked in the camps mm -hmm. there was millions of jews and and not just jews were killed in the camps but there was a million germans that worked there and they go home to their families at night and act like everything was normal you know, and, and that, that's kind of what we've seen during COVID. You know, we've got a lot of these medical professionals. They know what's going on, but, you know, they're afraid to lose their job or whatever. So they play along with the narrative. Um, and as a result, you know, it's, they've, they've been able to hoodwink the people. And a lot of people have died. You know, a lot of people have died. A lot of people have invented and died. A lot of people have been uh, denied treatments that could have saved them and died. I mean, the, there's lots of reasons for the deaths, but. There was medical participation in this one for sure. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that statement come to reality. You know, what is it? it, it this paraphrase, if I can even get it right. Uh, all uh, evil needs to succeed yeah. is for good men to do and say nothing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, of course, we take it out to women, everybody. But um, 
the silence is complicity at a certain point. I, and I do understand what I call the law of silence. Ty, there are times when let's say you're in the midst of a hostile audience surrounded. And if you actually speak out, you could end up dying, right? That's not probably the best time unless you want to become a martyr. And I don't recommend that for anybody, but the idea is though, um, there are a lot more of us than them, right? And that those doctors, physicians, nurses that aren't speaking up, I think should be called out for their cowardice at this point. Even though I know it can be difficult when you say, well, what will I do if I lose my job? But what would you do if you lose your soul, so to speak, right? At mm -hmm. a certain point, when you see people being killed, like you talk about the Nazi Germany example, but we are seeing many people being led to slaughter via these mRNA injections uh, mm -hmm. and cover up after cover up after cover up. Uh, you know, and I know there are people that say, well, Bobby Kennedy saw he's good or but he's uh, all of that controlled opposition thing. I'm like, look for what's being done at the defender in terms of wakening people up to the corruption. There's nothing bad about that. Even if someone argue, well, it's a limited hangout, like whatever, dude, just acknowledge that it's making a bridge to people that might not be able to come all the way where we are and get them over gently and safely. And then they'll begin to see even more like we described, like you've described, like we see in propaganda exposed. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's great what they're doing. And, um, you know, sometimes you get, at least me, I personally, you, you get kind of tired of there's, there's still like these nitpicking complainers that are like all the time. Yeah. It's like, dude, just chill. You know what? I mean, you've got an organization like CHD that's doing 90% great stuff in everybody's book. And then there's some of the stuff, you know, some people are like, well, they shouldn't be involved with that or whatever, whatever it is. Can't you acknowledge that 90% of what they do, we can all just jump on the bandwagon and say, this is great because they're fighting for our freedom. But you've always got to have that person or that group that's like, well, what about this? They do. Mm -hmm. They're involved with this. or It's like, you Here, know, here's a, a great example of that tie. And, and, yeah. and I, I'm sympathetic to it too, because let's talk, right. I love you and I, we love talking about the germ theory versus the law of the terrain. Right. Yeah. And there are some that just don't want to address it at all. And then there are some that are so hardcore on the terrain that they go, there's no such thing as a virus and there's never one been isolated. And I'm willing to have the discussion debate and argument over it because I think it's important at the same time. I do recognize that for some it's so far afield from anything resembling a belief system that they have that to speak about the terrain in those terms, it, you know, the idea of falling on deaf ears or blind eyes, right? what do, do we succeed? If we're interested in succeeding, there are incremental steps sometimes that we have to kind of bring. It's like the, 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 the war for Liberty or whatever you gain ground by inches, right? Not all typically yeah. all at once. And so I, as, as sympathetic as I am to those extreme arguments, and I don't say extremism <clears throat> in a negative sense, like, like Barry Goldwater in terms of extremism, where, uh, in defense of Liberty, that's, that's not extreme. Right. So the idea here of course, is how do we do or how do we communicate when there's always going to be somebody that's not happy with what we say, or we don't go far enough, or we've gone yeah. too far. I'm not going to shut up just because I, you know, don't do it exactly the way someone else wants to do it. We've got to be able to be strong enough to handle the critique or the criticisms. And I'm okay with that too. Yeah. I mean, we get criticized from both sides all the time too. You're not, you're too conservative. You're not conservative enough. You're too, whatever, you know, so we're used to that, but you know, I'm just, I'm tired of people, you are certainly everybody has a right to their own opinion, but I'm tired of the people that just have an opinion and don't do jack squat. It just complain right? all the time. Right. Yeah. Just start doing something. If you're actively involved all the time and you're busting your tail to make sure we stay free 
and you want to voice your opinion about something to me, you've qualified yourself much more than somebody that doesn't do anything except surf the internet mm -hmm. and find things to complain about. So, you know, there's a difference. Super Don doesn't get upset about any of this, right? We don't We don't have these discussions at all behind the scenes, right? Uh, that, you know what, what we're talking about here, Super Don? I, I do. And, you know, I, it's, I, I think it's like, it's almost like, a, I know this is probably going to tick some people off, but I think uh -oh. it's, like a, it's like a Gen X thing, right? Okay. It has a lot to do with the way that we were brought up. Mm. You know, it's just like, cut the BS. Let's yeah. just, just get, get to what it is going on. Stop complaining about crap. Everybody get along. We can just talk and stuff like that. And forget all this this stupidness on the on the outside, you know. So it's, it's our true. generation that's at fault here for going. Just get just like let's get talk about it. Let's okay. We can disagree. Let's we we can be okay. Dude, blank happens. Going. Move on. You know. Yeah. It's like I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. I agree with Don on that one. We're th we're three dudes, and some dress funnier than others. <laughs> Arguably, <laughs> any any one of us could win that competition. I'm just saying, everybody's got an opinion there too. Robert, I, I love that jacket. Sorry, you you shouldn't make fun of your own jacket. Don't be so yeah, hard on dude. yourself. Yeah. You know this this reminds me these Adidas jackets of of back. Dude, in, those are the, totally the, cool. Those throwback, aren't they? That is that is that is totally Run DMC right there. What so you're wearing. the only thing I could do better is if I had a members only jacket. If you remember those, and they had the little things up here and everything. Those those were kind of weird. I didn't like I those. Members only. Yeah, but yeah. that was there was a time that the members only stuff and you we remember were who was it that was the president or leader of Iran for the long time there? He always wore one of those before the Shah or yeah. After? Well, no, it was after that. Okay. I can't remember. He was, he was the. I don't. You remember don't remember that. that the guy that wore? Okay, I'll I'll find it. Right, I do remember parachute pants and baggy workout pants and all those things. I do. Um, and, and you know, speaking of parachute pants. Um, you know, we were. We, I was listening with I don't know Charity this last week. We we're listening to some '80s music, and um, we we're listening to uh, Queen "Under Pressure," right? Mm -hmm. With David Bowie. Yes. And you remember, remember Vanilla Ice snagged that exact yes. tune, but then he denied that he stole it. How could you but deny that you stole that? He put that one tune? extra note in it, he and he said it made it all different. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, well, it's it's not dun 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 right, dun right, whatever. Right. And uh, she's listening, and she's like. That's a total ripoff. So anyway, more parachute pants story, right? Vanilla ice. Yeah. And Jim Carrey did a really funny takeoff on that on Unliving Color. And um, instead of ice, ice baby, it was I'm white, white baby. <laughs> it was so funny. Nope. Oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of kids stories, uh, Bryce had a great year as far as his baseball yeah. career, like took leaps and bounds in his, his sophomore year, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. I don't know if we talked about it, but he 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 pitched in one of the playoff games. It was sensational. You sent me the video. I got to watch it. Did they did their season end shortly thereafter? Because he won, they won that game. I don't know what happened for their season. Uh, Covenant 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 College, right? Covenant College, yeah, yeah. Um, that was the last game of the year that they won. Okay. So, um, yeah, and I'll send that to you, Super Dom. I'm gonna put it in here. You did he get? I mean, he should get some kind of award. He was the best pitcher this year. I mean, coming up the he, second year, he was amazing. He was their best starter this year. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was, and that was the first game. This was in the conference um, tournament, right? They they qualified for the tournament. The top four teams in each division qualify, and they qualified. They played the number two team from the other division or whatever. So it was, it was like this was a good team they were going against because this is for the South uh, USA South Baseball Conference right. uh, in, in D3. 
So he pitched a really good game, pitched eight innings, um, eight strikeouts, one hit. I think he only allowed one hit wow. in eight innings. So he did a really good job. And he pitched yeah, over 100 pitches, right? There, so. Pitch count? There's yeah. So go to about a minute or two in, Don, and there's some some highlights of Bryce pitching. But, yeah, I just put up a little video of, of, uh, of his best pitches here because, I mean, that's pretty good, right, in a playoff game to – strike out eight in eight innings. So no, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I, and I just think about, cause remember last year he had some injury, you know, elbow issues that he was dealing with and, and you took him to get some, some support there. And we talked about things minerally and homeopathically to help him and all. And this year he seemed to be pretty inj injury free to get through the year. Yeah. You know, he, he, uh, his, he said, as he went on his, his elbow felt better instead of worse throughout mm -hmm. the year. So I think that, you know, He's just getting stronger. He's, you know, eating well, working out well, whatever. His goal is to go back in this uh, this fall at uh, 210. And he's like uh, 200 pounds now. So he's wow. almost as heavy as me now. I'm, I'm 205 and he's 200. So he's almost caught me. He, but he's a little taller than you, isn't he? He's a couple inches taller. He's about 6'3". Dude, he's, I, like I said, an imposing figure from when he was a little Bryce Bollinger to now. It's just amazing. I, and I, I did want to bring that up because I was curious. I hadn't got a chance to talk to you about how the season ended. Yeah. No doubt he was it was a top starter, top flight pitcher. And, and what is he thinking in terms of uh, his future? Is he think, I might want to do this beyond college? I know it might be preliminary, but, you know, thoughts that happen because it's fun he, to see. He, yeah, I mean, he, he would love to. And I think he's coming up on the video there, the first strikeout here of the game, one of the, the first of his eight. Yeah, there was strikeout yeah. one. Um He'd love to do it past college, so you just got to see how much he improves sure. the, over the next couple of years. So they have good coaches there at Covenant. Got really good coaches, and he's got he's got a really good uh, team that he's working with here in Nashville through that throughout the summer, okay. throwing bullpens and working on his strength and so forth. So, yeah, great coaches down there and a good team here. So we'll see. He'd love to do it past college. Just got to wait. You know, he's got to dominate this next year and be the best pitcher in the conference. Yeah. You know, that's his goal was to, first of all, go on his freshman year and, you know, make the team and get to play some, which he did. He started the last game and then he worked his way into the number one pitching position this year. So now next year he needs to be like number one pitcher in the conference. So gotcha. that's his goal. Very cool. Well, yeah. all the best to Bryce. We love him and, and so proud of him uh, watching him grow up and do amazing, amazing things. And also, I'm sure yeah. being a real good example for others because of the things he he knows being raised by you and Charlene. Well, you know, he's he's a great kid, uh, just just uh, really hard worker, and we're really proud of him. So, sky's the limit. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, want to want to give you some uh, reminders on upcoming events for those of you who aren't sure what's happening. Uh, we've got so many events coming up online and in person events this weekend, San Antonio, Texas. Use promo code Bell if you want to be part of the Advanced Medicine Conference. Uh, it'll get you a discount. Then I've got the next steps conference coming up in Atlanta uh, with Tia Severino. RSB is the code to get 25 bucks off tickets if there are any remaining. So we'll see you in Atlanta for the next steps conference. Next dash steps info. Uh, our buddy, Dr. Jockers is re uh, uh, issuing the chronic inflammation summit and he's out of Atlanta. Hopefully get to see him June 12th, six through 12th. We'll be in that as well. And then our, our great friend now, Kimberly Overton from the Nurse Freedom Network. Thanks to Kevin Tuttle for hooking us all up. And Ty and Charlene are going to be at this event. Franklin, Tennessee, outside of Nashville at the Shed, June 12th. And I think it's like a, it might be a two-day event, but I only have the one day listed here. Um, but you finally confirmed that Charlene knew about this, right? Last time we talked, Ty, you were like, you weren't sure. Yeah, apparently we're speaking there, so. Apparently, yes, you better be. <laughs> I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing you guys. Yeah, and we well, got yeah. some. 
some more online summits. Then our good friend Leslie uh, and her family are hosting a big event, an RSB show family reunion. That means everybody that's part of this show, extended family everywhere, want to get together in Carthage, Missouri and have like they're calling it Hellstock, like Woodstock, but Hellstock will have music and talks and there'll be like farmer's market and food and all kinds of fun stuff, animals for the the kids to, you know, a petting zoo, everything. And it looks you know, like Ben, ben Tapper is going to be there, too. You know, in Carth, I think Carthage, Missouri, Missouri is where they've got the uh, at least it used to be like precious moments. Uh, you know, the precious moments, like the little figurines and stuff that like years ago that, that, that the women like to use to buy. You know what I'm talking about, Robert? The precious I, moments. I was thinking about deep thoughts with Jan. I know what you're talking right. about. Yes. Super Don knows. <laughs> you know, Don? Yep. Yeah. So. That Carthage, Missouri, is where the the U.S. headquarters for Precious Moments was. Really cool little tour that we took going through Carthage on the way to St. Louis a couple times from Dallas. I don't know if it's open anymore. Okay, well, we'll check it out. Place. But if not, we have a great weekend planned for anybody who wants to tent camp, and there are being Airbnbs and all kinds of things around there. Could be a fun weekend. Uh, we've got the uh, 13th annual, I say annual, it's not annual, but the United States Health Freedom Congress, Diane Miller and the crew are putting on. That's the 23rd, 24th of September. Before that, Autism One uh, is back, and it's going to be in the desert, 18th, 19th, and 20th. And I know, Ty, you were at one of those, the Autism One conference a while back as well when it was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our friend Brian Hooker will be at that one as well. Then uh, we got a big thing in Orlando. I don't have all the updates, but I think the Health Freedom Expo is like the middle of October. You have that. Superdon has that. That's right. And I'm hoping you guys will come back up to that. We have such a great time every year at the Health Freedom Expo, tie. So if you guys can make it, that'd be amazing. Are you talking? Where is that? You're talking about in uh, Chicago? Yeah. Remember the uh, middle of October, we're going to do it again. Health Freedom Expo. And it was at uh, at Tinley Park, right? Yeah. Yeah. Julie's invited us. I think we're going to be able to make that. Ah. Fantastic. That makes it even better. So as, as awesome as it is, it's so great. Anytime we get to get together at these events and I don't know, I'm sure I forgot one. Oh, the nutritional frontiers one in Pittsburgh. Did you already put that in the upcoming events? Did I miss that super Don that's coming up August the 6th, uh, Saturday full day event. Our friend Tracy Straup will be there. Judy Mikevitz will be there. Dr. Len Brankowitz. And of course, Jamie Dorley. And so if you're in the Pittsburgh PA area, uh, we're going to be at the Sheridan Pittsburgh hotel, 300 West Station Square. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a really cool uh, hotel there, the, the Sheridan Station Square. Really cool hotel. You'll like that. Awesome. Well, I'm yeah. so looking forward to being back. I know you guys know Pittsburgh all that well from family, right? You actually had a place up there for a while. Yeah, we, our, our condo that we had in Pittsburgh overlooked that hotel down on Station Square. It's right on the water. It's very cool. I remember. I remember. So let's see what other stories we want to cover here as we're we still got about 10 minutes here enjoying the outside the box edition uh, lightening the mood as much as we can in the midst of a lot of things that happen out there that are not so so fun to talk about. Um, we have a couple of articles that Ty and Charlene wrote uh, at the truthaboutcancer.com website. They're linked up in the show notes. One is about Sanofi, a big pharma company is going to pay a family after an epilepsy drug caused autism. Why is yeah. it they can acknowledge a drug can cause it, but they'll deny up to everything that a vaccine would have anything to do with it? Yeah, it's a double standard, isn't it? But the courts have ruled, you know, several times that vaccines have been you know, causative in autism. Mm-hmm. The the DHHS courts, actually, the the vaccine court. But yeah, here's a, this article, uh, Sanofi. Yeah, okay, yeah. Sanofi. French court ordered them to pay. What's the name of the drug? Valproate. So mm-hmm. valproate apparently caused autism. Yeah, it's 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 weird. The, the pharmaceutical drugs can cause autism. 
any the, any host of a number of things can cause autism according to the you know the medical industry today but vaccines can't yeah it's like that's ruled out can't even consider the fact that vaccines might cause autism it, mm. they don't so don't even think about it how many you know i i was interviewing in the first hour a guy that's running for to become senator from iowa against chuck grassley you know and i brought this up anytime i have an opportunity to do so if you're if you're representing your state and senators used to now they're popularly elected i don't think the states even have standing anymore in the senate but if you would acknowledge the power of the state under the 10th amendment to nullify things that the federal government does prohibitions or mandates that are not authorized by the constitution or enumerated powers and i said imagine if you made iowa a health freedom state you kicked the fda out and you said to all of the doctors and, and homeopaths and naturopaths and chiropractors and herbalists you're all welcome here you can hang a shingle and compete for the healthcare dollar whoever's the best wins or you know everybody's got their place and i thought gosh wouldn't that be amazing because that first state that would really do that would be a, a place for medical tourism from all over the country much less the world and their economy would benefit i'm thinking if you're for your own state and the economy of that state wouldn't that be one of the easiest things you could do to open up the floodgates of support for people moving in, tourism, et cetera. And I, I think, again, we look at this, this issue with FDA-mandated monopolies, drug monopolies causing disease instead of actually having doctors innovate and actually reverse disease. Yeah, you know, the, the problem with that, you know, getting a state to do that is just the sheer number of people that have been bought off by pharma mm -hmm. and at the federal level, but I'm sure also the state and local level. Yeah. So is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. Um, is it a great idea? Awesome idea. I, and I pray that it happens. The, the obstacle that we're all facing, though, is just the sheer number of bribery dollars yeah. that pharma is able to funnel in to buy people so that they make sure that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So, but I, yeah, I think it's a great idea and I, I'd love to see that happen. And honestly, I think it will happen eventually. I think that if it, I think the reason that we haven't at this point is because pharma scrambling trying to make sure that they got all their bases covered because it's on the way yeah there's going to be a state that opens up and and uh and i think that i think it will happen well it's inevitable with an economic collapse or other collapses that the, the controlling factors that they had via buying you off they suddenly lose that ability now it's about <clears throat> yeah. the belief system of the people and many people are waking up because of covid crazy now monkeypox crazy to see through the lies deception and propaganda another article that we have from the truthaboutcancer.com by ty and charlene today uh, come from a little earlier this month, how to find the right doctor for cancer. You know, we don't wish cancer on anybody, but cancer cells exist in everybody. It's a question of whether your immune system can, can contain them and, and deal with them and other issues we've talked about. But when you write an article about how to find the right cancer or, or doctor for cancer, uh, what are some of those things that uh, people should consider? The main, the main thing you, you got to consider is you've got to have a doctor that's open-minded to natural treatments. If you don't, then you got to find another doctor. And what people need to remember is that they, we hire the doctors, they don't hire us. So we can fire them and find somebody else. You don't have to have a, a full blown naturopath or a homeopath or whatever. You can find a medical doctor. You got to find somebody that's open to mm -hmm. medicine, to, to natural medicine and open to nutritional medicine. Because as we mentioned in the article, you know, 99% of doctors go through medical school. They don't learn anything about, about nutrition, right? And that's one of the things that we've seen over the years interviewing doctors for documentaries is that they're all like, well, we didn't get taught anything about nutrition in med school. So the, the main thing really is they've got to be open 
to the fact that there are things outside of the box that they may have never been taught that they need to at least listen to and you you can use them as a sounding board for that's the main thing is you have fi- have to find an open-minded doctor mm-hmm. might be harder than you think yeah and remember like one of the slides of the quotes that i said is like you know how do you know if you want to hire a doctor if they're the right doctor for you ask them how many times they have a bowel movement a day and <laughs> you know and if they go less frequently than you then you might want to find another doctor because that one's full of you know what uh and the other yeah. thing i was thinking about in terms of oncology you know do- say doctor what is your position on you the use of selenium in conjunction with chemotherapy like if you were to prescribe chemo would you be uh, offended if i say i want selenium too and if their answer is absolutely don't take selenium because it'll block the uh, chemo these doctors that have admitted they're dumb as rocks and they can't or won't read the medical literature about how selenium protects the healthy cells so it could give you an opportunity to survive the chemo onslaught yeah. that without it you might not yeah that's a good question also a good question for your doctor is you know if i'm on you know these chemotherapies i'm taking cancer treatment whatever it might be whatever your treatment is how should i change my diet what you mm-hmm. what would you recommend and if the doctor says like well just keep eating whatever you've been eating just hit the door jack find somebody yeah. else because that doctor doesn't have a clue but if they actually begin to discuss the importance of good clean nutrition yeah then you may be onto something yeah you need more high fructose corn syrup that's found in insure uh to yeah. get through this right Uh, Exactly. Find another doc at that point. That's a good litmus test. And finally, uh, there's a little uh, information on the keto diet, which may not be appropriate for everything, but certainly it's showing promise for a lot of things. And in this case, the article is about MS patients, uh, according to a new study. Yeah. And apparently, you know, the keto diet helps to decrease inflammation of central nervous system. So that's that's one of the biggies. Um, And so, uh, again, no diet is no one diet is perfect for everybody. We're all individual, but I'd recommend that if you're having issues with MS, if you're having issues with diabetes, which my brother, uh, Ron, went on a keto diet a little over a year ago, and you know he lost 80 or 100 pounds, and his blood sugar is completely normal now because he eats a keto diet. You might want to give it a shot, and then also, you know, it's a lot of proven uh, benefits when it comes to cancer. Um, you know, I don't know, I can't count the number of people that we've interviewed over the years that used a keto diet and reversed cancer. Doesn't mean it works for everybody. Doesn't mean it's the panacea or the silver bullet, but it's certainly something that you should consider. Yeah. And um, and you know there are people that are on our side of the fence that are so opposed to the keto diet, it's almost like they, they are religiously opposed the same way that the vaccinologists are religiously attached to a vaccine. And it's bizarre when you, you hear some of the vitriol that comes out of the mouth of people that say that they're into freedom of choice and natural medicine, but they will condemn anyone that eats a keto diet. Right. Um, there's some things work some things don't give it a shot at your everyone is an individual right and it's you know the religious dogma of fervor of certain diets I remember when liam was still with us liam chef we we you know he liam was a not a guy that shied from controversy you know that he would write mm-hmm. and talk about things you're like oh my gosh and yet the most controversial things he discussed apparently were dietary related discussions of oh, yeah. what you should or shouldn't eat people were like man the camps they were mm-hmm. set apart ready to shoot each other over that i was shocked by that because i thought vaccines were, were controversial but oh yeah apparently it's it's diets uh you know when you were talking about that precious uh whatever it was i didn't know about you and super don did uh, i mentioned that it reminded me of uh deep thoughts by jack candy remember oh, yeah. that every once in a while they cut mm-hmm. away to that on saturday night live and our buddy kevin says he has the one of those books <laughs> of deep thoughts that were published uh and he said uh, deep thoughts by jack handy Lori was offended that i used the word puke <laughs> but to me that's what her dinner tasted like 
I mean, that's the kind of stuff you'd be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they did with deep thoughts. Thank you, Kevin, for that as well. I appreciate it. Uh, so other than the thing we got coming up in a few weeks in Nashville, any other upcoming events I should know about from you or for you or with you? No, just that one event, uh, in low for a while, trying to kind of regroup after the lunch and get back to rolling. So, but that's it. Not, not speaking a lot. Well, great news on the relaunch in October or something later in the, on the fall. Uh, if you missed the propaganda exposed, you'll have another opportunity to watch it. And that's so important to bring more people into the fold before it's too late. So, uh, yeah. DMB, my brother, thank you. Even though you dress funny, we love you here and you continue to do so. <laughs> well, I, even though you, you just, uh, kind of broke up, I think that you're asking me also to let them know what they need to know, or is that coming up after, after the dress funny comment? So yeah, I always remember to dress like me and the power <laughs> to heal is yours. Yeah, baby. Well, it was fun. Uh, considering the, the opening story that we had to cover and talk about some today, I, I'm grateful that Ty tries and usually succeeds in bringing some levity uh, to the show and uh, make us all laugh, or at least me laugh, as long as I'm laughing. That's good. Super Don laughing a little bit behind the scenes there. I think he was chuckling a bit. Were you? Did I, yeah. or was that a cough and a sneeze? Might have done that, too. Might have been some cringiness, too. <laughs> yeah, not too much, really. Okay, good. No, it was a good show today. You know, um, I thought I thought uh, our first guest was uh, guy running for senator. Yeah, that was that was definitely a good conversation with uh, Jim Carlin. And I didn't uh, ask him if he was related to George Carlin. George Carlin, he probably yeah, I'm sure he's never heard that before. Okay, uh, um, I, didn't, I didn't ask. Yeah. I so think I it, did. It was, I, by the way, I noticed like comments coming through. Oh, look, Lori Harvey says, "Don't forget the conference in Des Moines that Informed Choice Iowa is putting on in November." Well, I haven't been invited to that, so I didn't know about it, uh, Lori. But by all means, we'll we'll mention it, even if I'm not invited. I'm not vindictive at all, <laughs> not at all. Honestly, I don't have to be at everyone. But if uh, if that's something coming up, let us know. We'll definitely plug it. Maybe get somebody on to talk about it eventually as well. Uh, what were you going to say, Super D? I'm sorry. I don't know. You don't know? All right. Just banter. Right. I was I was noticing some of the discussion while I was interviewing uh, uh, Jim um, Carlin, Carlin, right? Running for yeah. senator to replace Chuck Grassley. And, you know, it's a, it's a delicate thing that I perceive, let's say, my role would be. Knowing what I know about politics and the wholesale corruption of the federal government and many state governments and a guy who seems like a really nice guy, a good guy who means well. Right. Don't dispute that. He seemed genuine mm -hmm. uh, going in. And yet, does does he know how bad it is? You know, you know how bad it is. And then you're like, oh, I didn't know it was this bad. Right. And then asking questions about perspectives on things, beliefs about things. And um, I, I'm not one that wants to, you know, see, I told you you didn't know about. Right. I, it's not like I try to do gotcha interviews. I don't. And I think he's probably a much better guy than Chuck Grassley at this point. I think it's easy to say. Uh, but. Man, most people that go in, they have no earthly idea how deep the rabbit hole goes, or if they do, um, they find out what they can't talk about as well. You know, as they right. promote sort of the ideas of the 
conservative Republican right, but in the Hegelian dialectic, it's just the pendulum swinging. And, you know, suddenly now you're going to see maybe there will be a Republican landslide in the midterms. But what will be the ultimate long term benefit as many of them get corrupted and bought off in the same way previous uh, politicians ad infinitum have or ad nauseum would be the best way to say it. So that's the, that's I more of a bummer. No, you're getting all Latin on everybody now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mention ad infinitum is not a homeopathic remedy that I'm aware of anyway. It does sound very hot Harry Potter like though. So How awesome was the AMA yesterday, Super Don? Didn't wasn't that amazing? It was good. Yeah, we yeah. had a good time. It was another successful AMA. Um you know, they just really well attended. Better and better. And uh we gave away some stuff yesterday, a bunch of uh homeopathic cold remedies. Mm-hmm. And some, some silver. Sovereign and, silver as well. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was great. So yeah, we had a good time. And, and Janice, our resident homeopath, she's always full of surprises. I mean, she actually played an original song she played, and yeah. she's going to homeopathic lectures from around the world. And I just have so much fun with her because anytime there are really cool questions that go into homeopathy, I get to so and Janice, what do you think? And, mm-hmm. and so we have some fun discussions there. Uh, also, I was trying to think of some other nice things we can do for uh, the uh, – Patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show that you guys go up and above, even if even if it's just five bucks a month, it helps. And I just did a lecture at the uh, what was it called? Be Healthy Utah. Yep. And if you were part of the event, you could have access to it. But if you weren't, you don't. And I've got access to my talk on healing at the speed of silver and copper and more. And Super Don's going to make it available, I believe, to our Patreon supporters somehow. A little bonus ex- uh, exclusive. Yep, I have uh, got it. Got it downloaded, ready to go. There's just a little sneak peek of of you up on the stage there, but uh, I'll be putting that up on Patreon probably probably later this afternoon. And I wonder if you know at that event, I, I was like the last speaker, apparently before the lunch break, and I was told I had like 45 minutes or so to do it, so I had planned for that t- amount of time. And according to the schedule and whoever was the timekeeper. They thought I was giving a 20 or 25 minute talk and then the break was starting early. And so midway <laughs> through, and I don't know if this was edited out or not because I haven't watched it. Uh, yeah. they, I actually had to get into a little debate with the timekeepers saying you're done. I'm like, no, I'm not done. Cause I planned for this amount of time. I'm going to do this amount of time. So, uh, I think it was uh, an interesting, doesn't happen every day scenario in a lecture that I give where they, they tell me I have half the time I have. And then it got very serious uh, and I, I let loose on every, not on the people necessarily, but I let loose on the information to make yeah, sure. Let I them have it. it. You just walked right out into the crowd and started smacking people. So if you want to see that, uh, become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Bonus <laughs> information. You'll never get anywhere else anyway. So anyway, Super Don, is that up already? Is that something you'll be posting? No, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up there. Okay. Um, probably, probably later on tonight. Cool. Cool. Lori was there and she said it was awesome. The AMA. I thought it was terrific. And, uh, really it was it, it's just such a great great group and i even learned some things about lawnmower repair and maintenance as i told you i would in the beginning i was like it was all about me and the lawnmower when we started and Lori was helpful it was and it leslie was. and james were helpful and then and now it's just a matter of if i have the time to do it or if i have to succumb to waiting for the repair guy because i just don't have the time between all these trips that are coming up uh, so we'll we'll see where that goes all right. Let's see. Any other questions, comments coming through today? 
Leslie says she sent you the updated flyer. It's like an actual event. Do you see it? Did she send it to you? Uh, yes, she did. Because there's even more folks that are joining in. We got Sherry Neal, Scott Shara, Ros. What is this? Rosalind Dorval, and Ben Tapper. And we're trying to get Joni Abbott to be there. That would be amazing if we, if Joni could come in, in and speak as well. That'd be amazing. Pretty Leslie cool. liked the AMA too. That's good. Yeah. Good. All right. So tomorrow we have got uh, Jonathan E. Moore in hour one, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Should be. Yep. And then in hour two, we have a guest. Tamara Calder Richardson from Spiritual Awakenings International. No, you're wrong about that. No, Am she's I? the pre-record. After or no, no, the that's show. a pre-record. So I yeah. guess no, yeah, she was on the calendar, but I guess that's not the guest in hour two. Right, she's going to be. That's uh, correct. She's the um, Southern Bell medium kind of thing, and we've been having some fun discussions with those folks that we've had her like, on before. She has been on before, and she's yeah, a conservative Christian. Uh, she likes Trump, and like she's also into all the spiritual stuff and talks about some really cool things. And um, she was at the IANS conference, you know, the International Association for Near-Death uh, Experiences. And I did that conference years ago talking about my I-N-D-E. And now we're talking about STEs. Remember? Yvonne was on the show. Not to be confused with STDs. Right. STEs were spiritually transformative experiences. Right. This is the thing where you have an experience that's like, oh my gosh, that's really changed my outlook, my worldview, right? And it's a spiritually transformative experience. So we're going to talk about STEs in addition to NDEs with her for Friday when I'm traveling to San Antonio. So we'll have some new, uh, uh, let's say, show material for Friday. It won't for all Friday. be for Friday. So, right? so, yeah. So tomorrow, EMORD. Mm-hmm. Then on Friday, it will be a, a pre recorded interview with Tamara Calder Richardson and then an encore for hour two. Yeah. That's the plan. Yes. Okay. Leslie says Rosalind. Rosalind. Okay. And Rosalind. Leslie also is trying to reach out to Marlon Glenn to yeah. see if Marlon would come down as well as Joni. Yeah. Cool. Nice. That could be an amazing event. So that's health stock. Let's see what else we got here. No, I hear my daughter and her friends are back from the graduation celebrations that were happening today. Uh-huh. All right, well, that's all I have got Okey-dokey. for today. So appreciate you guys turning in, tuning yeah. in. Thanks for participating in the daily poll. Really mm-hmm. enjoy those. And uh, if you would like to participate as well, mm-hmm. you just sign up over at the website over on the right-hand side uh, for the newsletter. It goes out every morning Yeah, with the news of the day. Some of the stuff we do cover, some of it we don't get to, but it's everything that... that uh, I think you should know about. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, day of the poll every day on there. Thank you to Jim Carlin for being on board. Thanks, Kevin, to hook it up another great guest and interesting discussion points. And uh, thanks to Ty Bollinger for talking about everything that we talk about with him and, and dressing funny to make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes it well. We love to be able to do that. And in, in, in the UK, they call it taking the piss. And I know that sounds rude, but it's sort of like you, you kid with one another. You, it's like, it's a different way. I, I just saw an interview. What was it? This idea of how you hug, right? So not everybody hugs by hugging. Some, you know, 
hug by giving each other grief and people don't not everybody understands that you know an affectionate way to you kid each other you rib each other and that's a a, a way that you, you kind of hug if you don't hug for instance i'll i'll do that either i like the hug i like the rib it's all fun anyway for me everybody's different super don is sensitive totally total snowflake no not gen xer all right folks thanks for being here we will uh god willing see you tomorrow less than 22 hours from now thanks for uh for joining us on the journey to help freedom and healing liberty. Appreciate it.